All right, this week we have a great conversation with Casey Willax. I think you guys are going to enjoy it. Before we get into that, though, a couple things. First things first, if you haven't seen Bombhole Does Minnesota, we flew out to Minnesota for a few days, stayed in Minneapolis and Duluth, put together an edit. That's on our YouTube page. Jeremy Jones is in there. Jess Kimura is in there. Buds has got all kinds of banter. It was a great trip. I hope you guys check out the edit. Again, that's at bombhole.com. What else we got, buds? It sure was fun to get back in the van again and go to Minnesota, so check that edit out. We also got the big burgundy corduroy hat back Woo! in stock on the website. Those things sold out, and uh, we have reloaded. So check out the website if you want to get one, order one up. Also want to say thank you to our sponsors, everyone who's ever bought a piece of merch from our website, as well as our Patreon members. You guys are family if you're interested in these things, go to bombhole.com for more info. Great stuff, buds. And lastly, if you guys don't know about it, we're doing Bombhole Cup April 2nd and 3rd at Brighton. It's a community gathering. Anybody that wants to come hang out, come on down. There's going to be a big tent village right in front of Millie Lodge. We're going to have day one is a banked slalom. We're going to be running vintage class, which is boards over 30 years old, we're going to have vet class for the, the old guys and gals. Grom, pro, open. Same goes for the park showdown. Day two is going to be kind of a park showdown, but it should be a great event. If you're in the Utah area, come check out Bombhole Cup April 2nd and 3rd at Brighton. Registration is open on our website. With that being said, let's get into the Casey Willax episode. Here we go. You are listening to the Bombhole. It's going to be very hot. It's going to be very uncomfortable for everybody. Good boy. slide down in big hills. You know what I mean? On the big, nice burgundy snowboard. Okay, here we go again. We are back at it here at the Bomb Hole, which is presented by Pub Beer. Now, you know I got to ask, Buds, how are we doing today? So good, my dog. God, love hearing that. Now, uh, to my left, we have Casey Willax in the booth. Casey, how are we doing? We're dreaming. Love it. Love it. Now, for those of you who are unfamiliar with Casey Willax, he has one of the more popular vlogs in snowboarding. He's a ripping snowboarder. Overall, extremely positive, inspirational human. Uh, he's going to be dropping some life hammers on us today all day long. So let's just get right into it here, Casey. Now, uh, first of all, where are you from originally? I was born in Connecticut. Okay. C.T. Loke. Now, earlier I asked you in the Patreon interview, what's your biggest influence in life? And I loved your answer. My family, for sure. Um, my mom and my brother. We've just been through some insane things and watching the way that they handled it just basically taught me how to handle stuff that, I mean, we're all going to go through gnarly stuff in life. So it's, it's all about the way that you handle it. And my mom and my brother, are, they're the ones. Yeah. Do you want to just dive right into like some of the stuff you dealt with when you were a kid? I mean, everybody goes through, you know, tragedies. And some of them are gnarlier than others. I grew up skateboarding, whatever. Around nine years old, I lost my father in a motorcycle accident. And I mean, you could imagine how traumatizing that is. And like I said, just to see my mom step up and raise three gnarly dudes on her own while like being a nurse and working night shift and coming back is just like, it's just one of those subconscious things when you're growing up that you're not actually studying it, but you're absorbing it. And I feel like, you know, you, you kind of live that, that life that your parents are. And yeah, that's, that's definitely the first traumatic thing that happened in my life and, and growing through that and watching my, even my grandparents and everybody handle it like so properly. 
gave me the motivation and like the mindset to be like, all right, this life is so fragile. We got to, we got to do work. We got to, we got to make every moment count. Not only just for me, now I got to do it for another person. And I mean, my, my dad was 36 years old. He's a grom. It's like, I'm going to be 36 in five years. And just, yeah, one thing leads to another. I feel like there's a, there's kind of a long like break where something like that will, it'll really resonate and you'll, and you'll be crushing it for half a decade, five years, 10 years. And then, and then something even gnarlier will go on. And, um, yeah, maybe we'll get into that in, yeah, let, in a little bit. I want to, I want to highlight something you said there. Cause I watched one of your parts when you're a kid, one of your skate parts, Dossie sent me and I don't know how old you are, but you're like hucking huge gaps. You're like big zero vibes. We'll put the video on the screen, but you're all in all these big gaps and you're just like kick flipping down stuff and looked like you're probably like, I don't know, 12 or something like that. Uh, do you know the video part I'm talking about? Absolutely. Now I got to ask, like, the, do you think, you know, I, I love, I always ask this one kind of go Dr. Phil on them, but did you use skateboarding as a, like the outlet to kind of deal with some of that emotional hardships you were going through? I didn't even realize it until right now, but 100%. And my mom was so lenient, which you wouldn't think that after something like that, that she'd be like super lenient. She'd want to be more protective, but she let us, I mean, skateboard to school before you were even allowed to. So like we'd have to hide from the buses and like take different routes and then like skate home. But she was just always super proper with like making sure that when I got somewhere, I called her making sure that before I did it, we told her and that I had my brother and yeah, being able to skate around and like, skating is just so much self-discipline and you're just getting work the whole time. So you learn so much about like perseverance and yeah, yeah. I, I would say for sure. Uh, another, another side note too. It's like, you know, to foreshadow what you've been doing now, you make all these, these vlogs, we can get into that in a little bit, but you've been making skate edits since how old? Nine or 10 years old. My, my brother and me both got into it. And that, that video that you're talking about is actually it was brutal, but that was like the, the outtake kind of part. Like there was some of the bangers that got saved, but like you were saying, it was just massive ollies, just mm -hmm. ollies, ollies, board sides, board sides. Like I went back to all those spots and like I was kick flipping some of them, tray flipping, like doing like different grindsmiths, crooks. And my mom had a friend over who thought he was just some, some computer cache, clear up the space guy and formatted the whole, we had full parts, bunch of my brother, like five, six of us intros. Like, dude, it was insane. It was, it was, it was heartbreaking to watch that edit go away. So that was like the, the resin of whatever was left. And like that honestly got me like more motivated to, to get back in and be like, all right, we gotta, we gotta put these things on hard drives. We gotta make it better. We gotta get better clips. And like, damn, yeah. that's devastating. That's harsh. I mean, I've heard you guys, you, you've been through it too. You've lost podcasts. I'm sure. Like yeah. Yeah. Formatting cards, not clicking record. Like at that age though, geez, you, you got the full part that you're so proud of. I can't even, I, I think that's heavier than anything, but uh, I do, I do want to change gears and kind of get into how you like how, cause we're talking about skating. Let's talk about snowboarding, how you found love for that. Snowboarding's like there's classes of to consider yourself a snowboarder versus like a weekend warrior. And from when I was first time I rode a board, I think was eighth grade Connecticut powder Ridge. One of the, one of the ski trips. And I remember getting, we had to have a, a coach and we did the bunny hill and me and my buddy JJ First time I ever strapped into a board, top to bottom, pointed it right down the bunny hill at Powder Ridge. And then we were like, all right, we got to wait till this guy goes, goes to lunch or something and split from him. And then they went to lunch and they told us that like, we can keep riding the bunny hill if we want. And we went up to lower middle field, which is the high one. And just, it's just rollers. And we were pointing and jumping and popping. Like it was like, like I'd been snowboarding forever. So it felt so comfortable off the rip. 
But then up until I was, so probably from like whatever, 10 to 19, I would, I would ride like eight to 12 times a season. I had the Strat and Sunday pass, just super weekend warrior style, you know, some, some three sixties and stuff. And then one weekend, me and my buddy, Brian, we were driving up to Stratton and his, his dad didn't come and we took a wrong exit and we didn't take the 30. We went the other way. So we went by Mount snow and we were like, should we just, should we just pull in, check this place out? Heard some good things. And we cop tickets and seeing Corinthia, seeing that park. And then there was like people there that I'm like friends with now that I was just seeing, like I'd never seen a switchback five front sev back sev and the swag that and it was just like, we looked at each other and we're like, dude, what are we doing? Like we need to be riding park all the time. And then we went back down and then the next Sunday when we came up and we were going to take the exit and we were looking at each other and we were like, we literally like threw our strap passes to the side because it was the end of the season. We were like, let's just go ride this. And then the next season, because that was like right towards the end, I used the homie Taylor that you guys met. I was using his pass and his brother's pass, giving him 20 bucks or whatever, whenever we could. And we poached like, I, I was driving up from Connecticut commuting like, I think like 35 times. It was like the most insane thing ever changed my life. And then from that moment, I was like, all right, I need to, I want to make this a thing. I want to, I want to consistently snowboard. And oh, there was just so much, so much that happened so quick the second year. So this was 2010, 11, I think was my first season, like really starting to snowboard 30, 30 plus times. And then the next season I was going to make it a thing where I was like, I'm going up there all the time. I'm getting a season pass. And one thing led to another. I was filming my own clips by myself. I don't know if you've seen the first ever season edit that I put out. It's kind of funny. I'm wearing everything tour signs had that year or the year prior trying to do all the same tricks. I, I didn't really like when you start snowboarding, you don't know about pullbacks. You know, you're just two seven, two seven out. You're, you know, back two seventy. You're landing on a rail. Like I was doing back two seventies then. That I look now and I'm like, how did I land on the rail? Like I was just spinning and then landing on the rail. And by the end of the year, I had like a lot of stationary clips of myself doing the Ken Burns, and I put it online. On um, my buddy Anto told me to throw it on sponsorme.com, and I got hit up by two companies: a board company and a binding company. And they were psyching. They were like both kind of startups. And I had done my first double backflip ever. That was when Mount Snow had like the 70 booters, like 70 mm-hmm. foot booters. Caught a toe edge on my first one, got annihilated, got the second one. That was my ender. And the Global Mind Elevation was the first company. They hit me up. They wanted to send me some money and, and fly me out to Hood. And I, I didn't even know what Hood was. I know that was a thing. And they had the After Hours crew, you know, Ian and all the boys mm-hmm. and Yale. They had them out there doing some work for their board for, for their company. And then Ian was filming some edits for them. So my first experience like getting sponsored was flying out to hood with a small budget and meeting up with Yale Cousineau and Luke Haddock. And I'm just, <laughs> sorry, had to throw those guys some, yeah, Haddock is dope. Yeah. And it was just like, the, I was in the dead center of it and had no idea like how epic hood was. I hadn't learned about like any of that yet. And, we filmed two videos there. It was it was crazy because it was winter. It was like April or May, and it was full on winter. It was like snowing there. And then I came back, and the binding company had hit me up. Bonavere. I don't know if you know anything. Never about heard. That. Of, I never heard of Bonavere. You might have. It's it was like a it was the magnet snap in levers. Snap the magnet out. Binding stays on your foot. Pump. Oh, so dope. I still don't. I never saw that. That <laughs> so sounds amazing though. <laughs> very difficult, honestly. Very difficult. But dude had a huge budget and he was stoked and the guy was an awesome human and 
he, I think he drove up from New York, met up with me at like a Starbucks. We had a full, like full meeting and he was trying to go to Mammoth and he, he had, he had, it was like a startup. So he had a lot of money and he wanted to like fly us out there. And I had just basically told him all about hood and how, how insane it is. And that Mammoth was melting and that there's this place. And he was like, I'm down. Like, what do we need to do? And I told him about my other buddy that I snowboard with all the time. Cause when, when I was going to hood and I started with that kid, Brian, we were making, we were making like dub show productions was what we called it. We were just making edits of each other snowboarding. And then it ended up to me making that full part at the end. But I told him that like, if he wants clips, he wants edits, he can fly me and my buddy Brian out. And then this, uh, this other homie crowbar, we'll film, we'll edit, we'll do everything. And we'll put this stuff. We'll, we'll like make it all for you and give it to you for free. And he was super down had another meeting. He flew us. He threw the three of me and my two friends out to hood. This was so crazy to just be the first, like, like step into snowboarding. But we got to hood, hadn't snowboarded for two months. It was like July or something like that. And he, he, he flew these drone, drone dudes out that were like before drones were a thing, a team of, of drone pilots. He had Darcy Baca. Is that how you say it? Yeah. Absolute Lord shooting like hired to shoot us rented out after hours at Wendell's groom the big kickers had a whole had the whole film crew up there and I, it was just like me my boy Brian and my other boy Crow and we we're like this is out of our league <laughs> but it was like <laughs> yeah Darcy's legit dude. legit <laughs> and one of uh, my buddy Brian hit it once or twice and he was like I, I'm gonna be smart I'm gonna, I'm gonna sit this one out and I'll help get some clips and I just yeah, I, I feel like I did pretty good. I just 180, 360, 540, 720 until it like wasn't, you know, uncomfortable. I think I stopped at nine, got some, got some clips. And then once that was over, we were like, dude, we got to stay at hood. And how are we going to make that happen? The guy had bought on us passes, but we, we didn't have any money. And we weren't like, I actually did have a lot of money saved up because at that point I had, I just been working for, for so long. We hadn't been snowboarding. So like up until the year prior, the two years prior, I was just like cutting grass painting doing absolutely anything i could to just save up money like a regular person just you know and then i found snowboarding and i was like dude i'm down to drop every single penny that i have on on making this happen and the dude was like dude i'll pay you guys if you keep making one to three minute edits every week i'll throw you guys whatever 500 bucks to a g so you can pay your rent and because we got it we got a spot at the summits oh classic the scummits the scummits yep and um yeah we, we actually split one of the rooms when it was like 250 each through like not even a buck 50 and we spent, yeah, that was a f like the first summer I ever snowboarded, found out about hood, had all that go down and was just living there for like two months with my buddy, Brian, just pumping out edits and, and getting stoked. And that's like, that was literally my intro to snowboarding. First of all, what's the website? You can just put your sponsor tape up. I've never heard of that. Yes. Have you? No, I've never heard dude, of that. Dude, that's amazing. Sponsorme.com. <laughs> that, dude, does that still exist? I have no idea. Dude, I got to check that out. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah upload And the fact that it works. Maybe you get a new deal. Well, the fact that it worked yeah. is just incredible. Yeah. And I mean, it was like I was a new rider and then they were new companies. So yeah. we probably had the same type of. You know, yeah, it was perfect. Demo. The other thing, too, is I, I like when you go from. Uh, big fish, small pond, like you're on the East Coast mm -hmm. and you're like, oh, I'm killing it. I think I'm, I'm like, and, and then also to highlight the fact that just being able to say that you're sponsored when you're a kid is like people, because that's the question, like, yo, you sponsored? And you're like, yeah. fuck yeah. Especially I'm in Connecticut, right? You know, right? It's like, that, how was that as a kid? Oh, it's, I, I was 19. Yeah. 19, 20. So it was like, it was dope for the first time ever, ever being sponsored, but I felt like I was a full-blown adult, like yeah. he heading into this world where I didn't know 
it, like I didn't know what was good. I didn't know the cool stuff that people think is cool. So there's a lot of shit I was doing that was so lame. I look back now, I'm like, whew. Well, you got to start somewhere. It and, is what and, it is. And going back to, it's like, I, I always love that. You know, everybody that sits in this chair, most people, they're like, I went to Mount Hood for the summer. And it's like, it just clicked where you're around like-minded people. And all of a sudden, you were big fish, small pond. Now you're small fish, big pond. And you get to see, you see like pros, you know. And I remember session and jumps with like Scotty Arnold when I was a kid or whatever, you know. And you're or da- hitting in the same jump as Danny Cass when I was a kid. And you're just like, this is insane. But uh, how how is that experience going to hood and just seeing like all the rippers and everything? It was mind blowing, and like I obviously knew the big dogs, like you know the, the biggest ones in the magazines. But I was roommates in the scummits with Jess Camara. Oh, so sick! sick. <laughs> Zero clue who she was. Yeah, well, she probably wasn't known that well at that point. Too. She was huge. It was, oh, she was it already was, huge? Yeah. She, I think it was like Defenders of Awesome shit. Oh, oh, no way. And yeah. the reason that we found out who it was is because it was like the whole Capita team came over. Scott Stevens was in the summits with us and me and my buddy Brian were like, something's going down right now. And then we literally <laughs> saw the park get premiered and we we're like, yo, what are we doing? How do we not know? This is crucial. <laughs> That's what's sick though is Hood opened you up so you could see finally find out what's legit and what's not exactly in connecticut you had no one to really point the way for you where did you where in connecticut did you grow up near harford colchester sick i lived in danbury okay some years yeah so i know that that area until i was in like i don't know like eighth grade or something another ct guy yeah yeah i wanted to fast forward and kind of jump into uh kind of chasing the the contest circuit how did that come about so that was all the years get mixed up, but I think that was the same year that I was doing the filming for myself where I was just trying to, trying to get some money to keep it going. And that was when like, I wasn't, I, don't, I wouldn't say I was doing like the big contest circuit as I was just literally Googling all the contests on the East coast and just trying to like either get recognition, get sponsors or, or make some money or get boards and sell them. And so I was, I would just go to like crotchet mountain, New Hampshire and do a big air. And like, I think I, I, I won one of those 500 bucks in a snowboard, you know, and then you can sell that. And then I'd go to uh, like Waterville Valley and do like the Trans Ams and all that type of stuff. And the, the K town things at Killington. And it was just, it was just a lot. Like I was, I was definitely forced doing it. I had nobody with me. It was just me driving there by myself. And like, I, I would just, I would get there so early, be sleeping in my car, like waiting for reservation. Like why wow, they make you reserve, make the reservation eight o'clock when the, when the practice is at 10 and then at 12 o'clock and I'm like, I'm going to be smoked by then. Like, it's not even good conditions out here. I just drove so far. I spent 60 bucks on gas. I'm like, I better win a board or something. It's, yeah, I could tell the whole time. It just wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also a great way to, you know, we get quite asked all the time, what's, how do you get sponsored? Is it a good way to make a name for yourself? Is just go show up to contests. And it is. And do try, well. Yeah, try hard. Do yep. You know, that's awesome. And you um, get to see all those other kids too. It's so sick. And yeah. you get, it's like, there's a mix of, because sometimes you, sh- you should be thrown down, even if it's not ideal. Like it's never going to be ideal. So you're, if you're waiting for it, you know, that saying, if you're waiting for the perfect conditions, you're going to be waiting forever. So it's like, it's nice to, but when it, when it really is flat lay and icy and you have to throw a double backflip, you're just like, why am I, you know, why am I, why are we doing this? But also growing up on the East coast, I mean, I've gotten so soft when you go west, like <laughs> back there, it is like ice is a whole different yep. definition. Yeah. That's all we've been talking about. We were in the RV and we're, just, we're looking at each other shaking. We're like, boys, we've gone soft. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's 28 degrees outside. It's not that cold. <laughs> yeah. I remember like riding out snow as a kid too. The, the jumps would be like, actually you're taking off and landing on pure ice. Mm-hmm. 
Like it's not. It's yeah, not like snow- actual blue like, ice. You could probably get a hockey skate in <laughs> yeah. there and and wind. <laughs> yeah, and windy wind. and icy. <laughs> yeah, but you're at Mount Snow and you see all the all the kids from the academy, and they're mm-hmm. all just like nine kids go off and back seven mile on the same sixty foot jump. You're just like, oh, they're working on back seven melons today. And flat light, it rained last night. But it's it definitely it it translates. Killer. Well, I got to guess. Disappears qu- too. <laughs> 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 I think it's a good time to transition into a guest question. Uh, guest questions presented by Capita Snowboards. So let's get into one from none other than Scotty Lago. Here we go. Hey guys, Scotty Lago here. So I got a question for you, Casey. A two-parter. Number one: Who was your biggest influence growing up in the world of snowboarding, and who inspires you now? Number two. How do you balance your life? I mean, I know you're grinding all day, snowboarding, filming everything, and then you have to go back and edit and post every single day. So I know that's a grind. Do you, do you have time to poop? Do you have time to sleep? Do you have time to brush your teeth? You know, these are the things we need to know. Um, but killing it this year, man. Congratulations. You. He's the man. <laughs> <laughs> He's so sick. He's so funny. He rules. Um, first question was biggest in, or like, like who is your early influence in snowboarding oh, Torstein. and then who is it now? Yes. Yeah, Torstein. Torstein for sure. Hell yeah. He was, I mean, he was running, he was running snowboard content before like social media was even taking over. Torstein.net was the sickest thing ever. And I remember just every day, me and my buddy, Brian, that was like right around the same time, 10, 11, where we were going to Mount Snow and we were trying to film our own parts. Torstein was just hilarious. He was putting out so much stuff, and I would go on Torstein.net every day, refresh that thing three, four times, waiting for a new video. There was no notifications yet. It was still Vimeo. And, yeah, just, try, just trying to emulate his, his style and his stoke and how funny he was on the hill and just, like, you watch all of his parts. It's, like, it's a joke, but he's putting down the best things ever in his content. He's a little Wayne of, of snowboarding. You know, it's, like, so much video parts and everything. And, yeah, he was, he was definitely the number one. I mean, the steezes. And then who, the question, the part two would be, uh, who's your snowboarding influence now? It's crazy how much less I watch snowboarding now that I'm. You don't have time, like, right? Scotty <laughs> said, yeah. I mean, I, I, I like just where, like the whole culture of snowboarding, all, all of it, everything that you guys have done, everything that all the guys that you've interviewed have done, like everybody has a little portion and yeah, I like to, I like to be influenced by it all. The sport's incredible. Solid answer. And then I, we haven't really dove into the, the vlogging stuff, but. I, I did like his question about kind of balancing it. We can we can rewind after this and, and get into that, but I like that was his part three. Is a three parter technically? Yeah, it was a three parter. One, two, Trey. I don't know. I literally just grab one thing that needs to get done out of a hundred and just start start gnawing away at it. And when that's done, do another thing. I obviously have have like homies that that help so much with a bunch of other stuff and like they help with filming and it's just a lot of it. It's so it's like so tied to me that it's that I like I like having my hands on it. So like you can't have really people, you know, like you guys write your write your messages. So I like doing my merch and making sure that I can throw like four or five extra things in in each one. And like, yeah, it's it's just picking the most crucial things and just just getting to them. You have that anxiety in your head of like how much stuff you have to do. But like really, if you just, if you just put your head down and just start, you're gonna be halfway through it. And then the next time you take a break, you'll be done. Get it off the whiteboard. Do the next thing. Like it's just one step at a time. You got a rolling whiteboard in that in that RV? Couple. <laughs> so you're a visual guy too. You like the you like the whiteboards. You're analog in that. <laughs> I like crossing it off. Same, dude, I'm I, the I same write stuff way. down same after way. I'm done with it. And <laughs> dude, 
I do the same thing. Because I see it, I was yeah, like, yeah, it doesn't look like I crushed it today, but I do like six things. And sometimes I'll be like, you laundry, afterwards. dry laundry, like call someone. <laughs> Actually, th- no, that's that's all. You get, you, there's a little do- dopamine hit. Yeah. You're like, yep, okay, bingo. Did one all out. that. Yep. Big, that's, I honestly think that's really good actionable advice though. It's like, you can wake up and do anything in a day, but if you have a list of like six things, mm-hmm. you can crush, you mm-hmm. know, but and it's uh, noon. You're like, should I throw a couple more on there? Yeah. I just knocked everything out. This is my day. Mm-hmm. But I, I definitely lost so much sleep. I was sleeping like nothing. The first, first year and a half or two of the vlog when I was doing every single day, I lost. Let, let's, re- <laughs> let, let's yeah. rewind, let's rewind a little bit and go back to the the conceptualization or what made you just say okay i'm doing this with especially daily like that it was it was like kind of a combo of a couple things i was i wasn't really like i was getting instagram photos which is like pretty easy to get a photo a day or like a, a clip and post but i wasn't i don't know i wasn't really i wasn't really posting that much stuff but i was doing so many crazy things and i was like i was trying to follow Cause like I said, I had all that money from working like 20 grand saved up from cutting lawns for 10 years. And once I found out about it, all that stuff and I was, and I started seeing, okay, hood, where are these guys going next? Where's, where's these guys going next? Then I started kind of following it. So I just, I went to Austria that same, like what, 2012 or 13 was the first time I went to Stubai. I was like, Oh my God, <laughs> what in the world is this? And I, just like posting a photo from Stubai and like I learned so many things about how to get around and how to travel and how to do it. And like, I really wasn't even spending that much money because there's so many people that were hooking me up or that were stoked or like I could help them out and then they could help me out. And it's just like, I learned about this like trading thing. Like if someone wants to let you crash on their couch and you cook them dinner for free, like now you're taking an extra hour away from them and they're neutralized and you're just like, okay, this is like a mutual thing and it's stoked. So I was do- basically, I was just doing so many things and traveling so much and like not showing any of it and learning so much that, I started watching one of my good friends, Ben Gravy. He had a, he had a vlog, a surf vlog, and he was doing every single day. And he was, he was kind of doing the same stuff. He was just ripping and shredding and stoking and filming it. And I had taken a break from filming for a little while because I was just traveling, trying to like, I was really just trying to hone my skills in. I was I went to Hood like every single summer and I was just like tr- just trying to dial it and get as best as I could at snowboarding, take care of myself. And like, I was watching his vlogs and I was like, dude, I should be showing people like what I'm doing. And then all my friends are like, I mean, you're the craziest dude that I know. You're like always living in your van or driving somewhere or hitting a triple thread or surfing. So I was like, I should, I should just like, I feel like people be stoked on this and I could help people out if they want to do it on their own, because it's gnarly moving out of your hometown and selling everything you own and breaking up with your girlfriend and like just making that commitment to move out West. And and you don't even have a car or any friends out there. And I was like, there's so many people that could benefit from that. So I had been working a bunch and I set a date when I was going to be done working before the next season where I was like, I'm gonna try to save up. Ten, another 10 grand, pay off my winter, buy a new computer, buy a camera, have some money to spend. And I'm just going to go full time on this YouTube thing. And I'm just going to f- record my day, put out the video and see if people are hyped on it. And it just started getting crazy. We started off the first day was a road trip and it was with my buddy Jamal. And we, we went to Utah, we went to Brighton, we went to Texas, we went to Florida, we were surfing up the coast, we ended up linking with my friend Ben. And it was just like every day was something sick. And it started like growing pretty quick in the comments and like seeing people so stoked. It was like really motivational. And we got to got up to Corinthia and pushed pushed daily all the way through the year till the new year. And then I got fucking hammered on New Year's for no reason, just stoked, got hammered, woke up the next day, in my bed, 
puke all in my bed, just couldn't film a video. I was like sleeping till like 12 o'clock. And I was like, is this really going to be the first day where I get no content out on the first day of the year and start this thing off just terribly? And I just made, I made the commitment right there. I just, I filmed it, claimed it. And I was like, I'm just going to do every single day of 2018. And I got myself out of bed, so hungover, went to the mountain by myself with nobody, just did like three, four laps to get the stoke up, came back home. And from then on I did, yeah, I did every single day of 2018 and it was so gnarly. I feel like I, my editing wasn't that good. My filming wasn't that good. When I first started, it was just like, get the clips, put it out, see what you're doing wrong try to fix it, do one thing better each day and it, you know, it'll develop. And then, then I got a GoPro and then I got a camera and then I had like some people that were stoked to like help start filming. So it just wasn't just GoPro POV or like selfie stick, which is like, I hate doing that now, but when you're starting, you're like, you have no other content, you have no other way to do it. And like, people want to see you out there and you want to just, I basically just wanted to show that I'm out here shredding and the conditions are shit and I'm having a fucking blast and you can do the same. If you're lazy, get up, get stoked and get out there. And like, maybe the sun will come out and you'll get some, you'll get some good stuff. And yeah, I committed. And I, I did 2018 with, with the help of like, yeah, a bunch of friends and just crazy late nights and crazy commitment. And I was traveling so much that year. And I like, it made me do so many epic things. Cause I'd wake up and like, I, I would obviously edit to like two, three, four AM sometimes my schedule was crazy. Wake up at like nine or 10, just exhausted, wrote again. But I'm like, I, I got to get a banger if I'm going to be putting a video out every single day. Like I'm not trying to make this mediocre and just be me at my house making food and, and chilling. So I'm like, every day I was doing something or traveling somewhere. And it was like, it was, it was making me do the sickest things. I was already kind of doing it, but it was throughout that year, that year and a half, I was like getting worse at stuff because like I'd, I'd snowboard, but I wouldn't go home and take care of myself and then rest and then eat, get eight hours of sleep, wake up at seven, stretch and then go ride again. I'd like, I'd be grinding. I'd I'd, like makeshift some food that was good, but I I would just be up all night editing, get no sleep and sore the next day, never stretch, but like got to get content out. And like, I made a promise to myself and to the people and like, it was just so important. I feel like when I make a commitment to myself, I got to do it. And yeah, so that's, I did every day through 2018 all the way to I got over five five or six hundred I believe and then I got I got smoked at bear which was really a mellow fall but I had a like level four stage four kidney laceration internal bleeding urethra like torn and all that pissing blood and that's when it got to the point where I was like I I need to take a break and not post one day just so that there's not this overwhelming cloud of me and like everybody thinking like, is he going to, when's he going to take a day off? And I'm literally like, I was like hospitalized. I, I, I did the whole hospital that I was still doing daily editing in, in the, like, in the hospital and everything <laughs> my computer spent the night there. And then I was like, I need to get away. I need to dial myself in. I need to go inside. I need to like go on a trip. So I just like made an announcement. I was like, I'm not posting tomorrow like enjoy one day with no videos. I got to take care of myself. And everybody was like stoked. It like it relieved so much like that was on me. And then I actually had a subscriber that was just like, yo, tell me where you want to go. I'll fly you there. You got to get away because I had gotten, I gotten clearance like two weeks later that like I could ride, but I couldn't fall. And I'm like, Oh, well that's not, I can't ride then. Yeah. I'm going to fall. You're going to fall. And so I was just like, where would be somewhere so sick? Like uh, it's just like me. And I love Spanish, like everything about culture and just about like the language and everything. So I was like, where could I go within that? 
And I just picked like the Mayan temples, like the ruins in, in Mexico and the whole Yucatan Peninsula and stuff. And I was like, I'm just going to take a backpack, nothing else, a skateboard, and just go, just go cruise around down there, find some temples and some, some Mayan stoke and like meditate and just get my, get myself dialed in for a few weeks until it's like ready where I can actually come back and shred. And yeah, that was dude, the relief of, of stopping putting out every single day was so insane. And the subscriber put you on the whole trip. Yeah. What a champion! Dude, Shot. Give him, give him, yeah, let's give him a big old air horn. <laughs> Keyboard's the man. There's a couple. There's a couple different bullet points going through my head there. But yeah. the first thing that I want to dive into too, be, because it's kind of right, in the world of like quote unquote influencers, right? It's really popular to make a living on social media, right? And and even myself, like you've been like, oh, I do cool stuff. Like I can make a vlog, you know. And I just want to smash that fake romanticized thing to obliterate that because really if you like what you do the amount of work that goes in is you film all day and then you get home and you film all night or you edit all night and you do that every single day the amount of work ethic required to do that it's like if you want to it's like you could work a regular job and make six figures or you can fucking work 10x what you're working at a regular job and probably not make like that much money and so, like, I, I guess it's, it's like a lot of people might see you and say, oh, I want, I want to do a vlog. That looks awesome. Like, my life's cool. But it's like, do you want to do what it takes to be successful? Because you're, you're in a walking example of it. But the com- level of commitment in, and integrity, I do have to say, when you say you're going to do something and you do it, I, I got to slap some respect on that, mm-hmm. too. But, but yeah, like, I, I guess ex- explaining, like, you kind of did briefly, but the, the utter amount of work it is to do every day, it just seems... Out of hand. It was 100% out of hand. And I don't, I literally don't know how. I, I've tried to do daily again, and it's just, I was even, yeah, it's, it's, it was so gnarly. I, I don't know how, because we went to Japan, I went to New Zealand, I went to Austria, I went to Australia, went to like that whole entire year, and every every single day was was filmed every moment. I mean, I had strep throat for four or five days. Like, I had a, a kidney laceration. Like, I had so many things, and that's why I feel like the people were like, they were becoming like, uh, like family. Like they felt like they knew me so well, even though obviously I don't know everybody, but like when you're putting your life out there and, and you're putting that much out there, but like you were saying about the job thing though, you can have a banger job and be making a hundred, hundred grand a year, but every single day you're not doing what you love. When Good point. you would at the end of that year, if, there, if, if, you, if you had 80 grand saved up and someone's like, yo, give me 80 grand, you could do whatever you want next year. Like every single day, whatever you want that's what you would spend your money on. Anyways, you try to save up money to do the things you love. So if you can figure out a way to do the things you love and just like either stay balanced or like st- spend a couple bucks, like that's, that's what I feel like I'm trying yeah, there's to There's that quote. If you love what you do, you don't work a day in your life. Yep. And that's how you felt. hundred percent. Being able was, to travel. It was a full struggle though. And absolutely nobody sees any of that because mm-hmm. you're, you're trying to make a good quality video. So you don't want to put in like a lot of that, but you have to, to show like, yo guys, listen, I've had people that literally told me at that point that I should put out two videos a day. Two. I was <laughs> mind blown. So like, do you understand that I'm filming every day, my whole day, and then I put it out? Like, where, what would a second video even be? Yeah. How could I get two videos at it? It would so, be you editing. Yes. Yeah. How to edit. <laughs> uh, how, so how did you see, like, did you na- see that the subscribers, like, on YouTube, you started getting traction when you started doing daily? How, does, how was, like, the growth of that? I heard that YouTube benefits daily so much that, that if you do daily uploads that they just like you're getting people to come back they're going to recommend your stuff more and more i didn't have 
really, I mean, looking at it now, I didn't really have like massive growth, but back then, like if I would get like three, four five, six every day, like new subscribers and, and people are commenting, stoking on it all that it's like, that was, that was heavy. I was like, if, if that keeps happening, six, six, and then like, what if I get a 50 day and it's, it's going to add up. And it was honestly more the concentration of how stoked people were on seeing it and, and then reading comments about stuff being like, like I share information about something that's so obvious to me and then uh, no one knew it and it helped so many people. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, like uh, there's so many things that, I, that apparently I've, I've dialed in that are like so on point with me. Just like, like you were saying reactions to stuff and the way to handle things. And like, if something gnarly goes on, like just taking a deep breath and being like, all right, we got to be on point right now. We got to handle the situation. We can't be freaking out or we're going to be, we're not going to be performing at our best and we're, we're going to pr- handle the situation worse. So it's like just sharing stuff like that. The next thing you know, people are like, dude, I just had this happen to me, this happened to me, and, and I took it this way, and then I didn't even realize this, and then I ended up finding out this, and now I'm stoked because of that. And I'm like, dude, it's like you never know when something's going on that it's actually for the best unless you just commit to, to just knowing, having faith regardless that like this is going to work out better because I'm going to make it work out better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really solid too. And if you look at a lot of the the snowboarding content that comes out, like it's very, it's tricks, it's surface, it's... It's you're, you're, a lot of the snowboarding content that comes out, you're just inspiring people by doing difficult tricks and maybe a lifestyle kind of thing. But the thing I want to commend you on with your vlogs is the influence is bigger than that, especially whether, you know, your stuff now, I don't, I'm not super familiar with your old stuff, but you're like promoting eating healthy. You're, you know, you meditate, you do these things. And, and I think that the, the teaching people how to live a more healthy, balanced life is like, way bigger overarching message than hey look at my tricks yeah because if you feel good and you have more energy you're gonna crush everything so i have people that don't even snowboard that watch a lot of videos or like people that just surf and everybody eats food everybody wants to feel better whether you're taking care of your kids and you're and you're a parent whether you're going to a desk job whether you're a filmer whether you're a snowboarder like it's just so sick waking up feeling blazing and then crushing your whole day and waking up feeling good again so i I actually on that 2018 year where i did the the commitment to make a video every day. I also was, was going to not drink every day, obviously because I was puking all over myself. And I was just like, wow, what, a, what an amazing decision. What an absolute incredible decision to never wake up hungover. And I, people react differently to alcohol. Some people can just handle it proper. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't, it's just one of those things where it wasn't for me, made the decision not to. And then boom, that resonated with so many people too. maybe stop drinking or, and it's, it's not about like doing what I'm doing or like doing what other people are doing, but just taking advice. And if, if, if that might work for you, if you mm-hmm. feel like you have a problem with drinking and then relating to it and then seeing that somebody else can actually stop too and that they get res- good results from it and inspiring them to do that, like if you're going to influence somebody, that's how you want to be doing it. 100%. Yeah, it's one thing to inspire somebody with a trick, but it's another thing to take somebody that's a user or an alcoholic and show them that there's another way to live. And, and you know, sometimes we talk about that or I talk about it on the, on the air and stuff like that and, and the messages are it, it's it, there so many I'm sure you get so many and that, that's like could be saving somebody's life that could be you 100%. know you know and that that's so much bigger than than just just uh having people watch you because you put down a sick yeah, trick check it's out my like, back lip yeah you know? yeah it's probably still sick but yeah I was watching your videos uh yesterday and what I really liked you know you watch someone do a woodward edit and you just see their tricks mm-hmm. and with you I got actually see that the whole park looks like I'm on the chairlift with you. Mm-hmm. I think that's really cool for people to look into. And, uh, you know, these other pro snowboarders like Chris have done it such a different way. I got to commend you on mm-hmm. taking your own line. And, and times have changed. Yeah. Like dramatically. Like You can't be a pro snowboarder these days unless you take a different route. You know, like true. 
hasn't always been like it is. So adapting to the times is, but bringing people along, that's, that's the sickest thing ever. Nobody's, a lot of people probably haven't been there or maybe won't be there or would like to go. And like I was saying earlier, I'll give them the run of where to stay, how to go, what, what the tickets are like, what the park looks like, when to ride. And they're just like, Oh my gosh. So that alone was just super helpful. If I wanted to do a snowboard vacation, I could go through your days and be like, oh, this is what Japan's like. This yeah. is where he stayed. I've done a how, to, really how to snowboard cool. through Japan guide yeah. video because it's like I did it twice. And I was like, I don't know if anybody could really do this. Like, I'm just winging it so hard. Like, I've, we went to Japan two times with nowhere to stay and got there late taking trains. And things closed down in Japan. Things are closed down. <laughs> And shooting DMs and then ended up finding people that let you crash at their spot that you're in Japan. You're just like, oh, my gosh. A lot of people could not even physically, mentally let themselves get off a plane without a place to stay. For so real. I actually for got you to do that. I got to shout out this. So there's these these homies that are, I don't even, they weren't even homies. They were, they were strangers to each other, but that all watched a similar, like, the array of snowboard vloggers. And there's a YouTube community that's like, they comment, they like, they're subscribed, they're, they're, they're in it. They're, they're a part of it. And they set up a side group through the comments and the live chats and stuff. People from Oregon, Australia, New, New Jersey, and they, they all linked, helped each other pitch in. Some of them didn't have enough money. And they, they made a trip to Japan through the comment sections, had never met each other before and got a spot there. And when me and my buddy Daly flew in, we had nowhere to crash and we were coming in on the train. They reached out and they were like, dude, we got a spot if you guys want to crash with us. And so we came through. And after like all the motivation that we gave to get them to get there and they did it all together and then we showed up and, then and you then we were crashing up. with them. It was just like <laughs> full circle and it's so sick. And like, I love being brought down and humbled to that and just being like, just like you guys, like I've, I've only been here once. Like you guys are honestly doing it more epic and gnarly than I've ever done. So it's so Talk sick about to see that. strengthening the, the community too. Yeah. That's what, that's what's, it's so incredible. You know, like if you look at my career, the whole thing's been made on, essentially making videos that I hope my friend likes, you know, and, and then what, what <laughs> we're doing here is, is different because yep. it's like, you know, and, and what you're doing is like, for us, we're like, Hey, you're new to snowboarding. Come on into the conversation. Come on in, come chat with us. And what you're doing too is like, you know, Oh, you, like you're, you're new to snowboarding. Like this is, this is how you do it. This is what we do. And, and for me, too, like I am a, like a huge closeted, uh, like motocross vlog consumer like and and uh i watch all of them and it's like because I, I i'm not in it i don't know anybody and i'll and i'll watch a little i'll get a little morsel of like something the mechanics doing and i'm like oh that's how you do that and and i think that vlogs are awesome for people that aren't like we forget because buds and i i mean we've been in snowboarding for our whole lives so we know exactly what forward lean is and everything else and then but when to break it down for you know somebody that's just getting into it and bring them in i think vlogs are huge for the sport but uh yeah do you have any thoughts to add to any of that you're spot on with like the core audience of it's difficult to take that step back and be like all right i'm not making this video to impress like the biggest or the best riders or the people that i'm influenced by because they're, they're out getting it probably just like me too busy not consuming content mm -hmm. and 99 percent of the people that you're trying to help that need your help like you said don't know how to tie their snowboard boots or don't know what high back lean is or don't know those things and it's so dialed for us that we, we would never think that someone doesn't know how to how to tie their their boots or, or get out of there but like you go to the mountain some people are stuck in their bindings they don't know how their straps work mm -hmm. and they'll be trying it for 20 minutes and you come over and you just yeah help them out oh my gosh so <laughs> it ties into like you were saying where when you go to the mountain, it's like you're coming with me and you get to see all that stuff, but it's easy to get, it's, it's easy to get in your own head and like have it be all about you and talk too much. And then 
you really just got to give them the breakdown of like, because when you're saying about the full parts or, or someone goes and ride or your dad not knowing, like there's information that, that gets missed in videos, which people are like nervous to like either talk on camera or something. But like a lot of times you don't know, you don't know if the place is open. You don't know, like, is it just you riding there? Like, what are the conditions? How big is this jump? Like what? So if you're just like, yo, good morning. Like it's, it's 12 degrees outside right now or zero degrees. It's brick. Then like they get a little bit of understanding of like why you might not be doing 1080s. Cause, and it's just like, how could you not give a little bit of info on, yeah. on the video that you're watching? Now I got a, a sidebar question. Cause if you look, you know, surfing, huge vlogs moto a lot of other sports but but in like sp specifically skate and snow you don't see it really w aside from you and a, maybe a handful of others but why do you think that is do you have any idea snowboarders are kind of this is that cool guy thing in snowboarding everybody yeah. thinks that everybody thinks they're so dope and it's like you probably are so you should film and like and show people how sick you are you're doing dope stuff but i think it's it's they think they're making the videos for for, for their friends who are, who are nasty riders. And you're like, they're probably not even going to watch it. Or if they do, it's one time and they're not getting stoked and motivated from it. And they're not going to buy your merch. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you want to, you want to give back to the people, the 99% of people that are, that are there watching you for, for what it is. And that don't have those tricks. So I think too, they don't want to be seen in those moments where they're not dope. Yeah. But you they're can like it. too scared of it. They've built this manicured, this image. And it's also so difficult. And like, if you don't, like you were saying, the commitment to, to do it. I mean, you don't have to do it every day, but like you got to film, you got to edit and you got to do all this stuff. And then that's not even done after that. Then you got to go through and you got to figure out where to share it. And you got to figure out who's going to share it. And then you got to make an Instagram clip from it. And then TikTok pops. And now you got to make another, so you got to resize it. And then you're like, should I be on all you these answers? The it's comments. a waste of my time. Yeah. You're going through the comments and you got to <laughs> ship the merch out. And you're just like, is it even worth it when I could just go get an Instagram clip and like get a budget from a company and just put out a full part? It's like, well, it's a lot easier. Well, there's also a, a, what, j just like what, asking why I'm kind of thinking about it in my own head. And it's fucking kind of vulnerable. Like people get scared to come on our show to talk because yeah. it's like, oh, or, or talking into a camera and then putting it on the internet is a vulnerable situation. Putting your life out and there And so everyone. I think that like I'm guessing by watching you put out daily videos of just talking in the camera, putting it out and people loving it, you've probably purged all your insecurities about it, right? You kind of purge your insecurities. A mild it. And it's yeah. just, <laughs> there's been so many things where I'm like, fuck, I got I got to post that. Like I recorded it. I can't go back and do that again. Like something super, like you just don't want to show that, but you're like, well, it's going in. Like I'll, mm -hmm. I'm going to learn and I'm not going to do that again next time. And so like it develops over time and definitely gets be Every single video should get better if, you, if you're making an error and you're aware of it. Mm -hmm. All right, buds, let's take a quick break and talk to these guys about spy. What do we got? Spy has a ton of new gear out right now. From the high-tech snow goggles to the MIPS snow helmets and sunglasses with their patented Happy Lens Tech. Have you heard about this? Happy what Lens is Happy tech? Lens Tech, bud? Dude, it's incredible. Scientifically proven and patented, what it does is it's tuned to boost both mood and alertness while embracing color and contrast, providing a truly life-changing visual experience. I read up on this, and I've used it. And it's amazing. It's, uh, it's science. you got to get these on your eyes. What's cool is it blocks out the ultraviolet light which uh, causes eye fatigue and lets in the positive stuff that boosts, boosts your energy. From Would the you sun say it blocks all. out the haters? By yeah, it's full hater blocking lenses here. Love that. So uh, if you head on over to spyoptic.com, we have a promo code, right, buds? Yeah, bombhole15. What does that give you? 15% off your entire order, which is pretty heavy. Again, all capital letters, bombhole15 for 15% off at spy spyoptic.com. So uh, let's get into Volcom ZipTech. 
Okay, bud, what is ZipTech? ZipTech is when you connect your jacket and your pants with a zipper, and this is patented by Volcom. I use it all the time. And uh, simple to use. It's on men's, women's gear. It uh, attaches via zipper and keeps the snow out. Yeah, what are the benefits of that, bud? Keeps you dry, keeps you going longer. I actually had a dream last night that I could connect my uh, T-shirt. This is a real true story. T-shirt to my long underwear. I'm just dreaming about ZipTech. Wow. Okay. <laughs> true what, story. What, what, uh, what riders use that? All the Volcom riders. We got Pat Moore. This guy is basically mops himself up on the on the ground when he's snowboarding because he falls so much. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding, Pat. Just kidding. Uh, awesome. Okay, so we got a little giveaway going on. What's we happening? We do. If you... Put hashtag Volcom Bombproof on your favorite bales. We are going to check them out, and a Volcom rider will pick a winner. You're going to get some Volcom stuff and some bombhole stuff. And, uh, and they upload it onto Instagram, right? On Instagram. Yep. Yeah, so hashtag Volcom Bombproof on your favorite bales, and we will pick a winner each week. All right, we're going to get into a guest question. This one is presented by Mountain Dew. We got one of the Mountain Dew team riders, Julia Marino. And uh, she came through with a good question. I'm curious to see your answer. Again, presented by Mountain Dew. Here we go. What is the song on your snowboard playlist that you're most embarrassed to admit? <laughs> oh, I don't even have a snowboard playlist. I just, I just hit shuffle, but I would say I dropped a part one time that got shared on, um, was it Yo Beat when that existed? And it, the part was a banger, I thought, but people hated the song. So it was Hands Like Houses. Um, I forget the name of the song, but I, every song that they put out sounds basically like that style. And I, and I enjoyed it. I mean, you could probably find that video, but Hands Like Houses. What kind of genre? I'm unfamiliar yeah, I'm with unfamiliar. their body of work. Yeah. I, don't know, I literally have to look it up. I don't know. It's just kind of, like, kind of like chill, chill, like ambient indie style. And you just, just get a lot of comments music. of people. Well, I think Yobi, you have to talk shit. Yeah. So they were just like, the writing wasn't too bad. The part wasn't too bad. And they were just like, well, they let's needed rip something. up the music then. Yeah. The music sucks. That is true. On Yobi, it was, you got to attack something. Yeah. Or else you can't even comment, really. Other than that, my playlist is banger. All right, let's pick up where we left off earlier, talking about the vlog stuff. One thing I'm curious about, and, and I think other people are too, is like, how does, how do you make income doing it? How do you, how do you make money with a vlog? Directly through the vlog would be ad revenue through Google AdSense. So just, yeah, watch time, views. They have a crazy algorithm that nobody understands. Everybody always wants, like, how much do you get paid for 10,000 views? But it's like, it's watch time, it's click rates, it's ad through, it's it's all that stuff. And um, honestly, I just, I just have, like, a lot of small incomes. So, like, all, all, like commission, a bunch of companies I ride for, like, we have an RV. There's just so many random little things that like add up to make me survive. Like I'm not over here guapping in cheddar, but I can, I can go and do like a lot of things and travel and you know, live what people would call the dream sometimes for basically just covered. But yeah, commission, Google AdSense. I have my own merch line. Patreon supporters are the absolute legends that just make it all come together. Same for us. Um, yeah, just, I see you kind of organically plugging products on there sometimes that like, uh, yeah, like for, for bullet example, bulletproof. Yeah. yeah bulletproof. Like How does yeah, that, that would be, um, I like, I spend money on stuff that I enjoy and that I really do use. So like something like bulletproof, I was, I was doing like eight years before I started the vlog. I was doing that. And then once I start building a following, then you can reach out to the companies and be like, Hey, this is what I can offer you. This is what you might get out of it. This is what I've done before. And I mean, 
it's nice to like rep the companies and show them beforehand rather than just like, I'm just going to wait for a check until, until, you know, so it's like a payment thing. Like I actually do support that. And I've, if I'm filming everything and I'm making coffee every morning and it's bulletproof or I take certain supplements and it helps me, like, why not just give the information out, get people stoked. And then they tell the the companies, the sponsors, whatever, like, yo, this is who I found it through. And a lot of them just, you can set up your own affiliate links. You can set up Amazon stuff where you can just take a camera that you use, put it in your link. Someone clicks on it, you get, and you get a percentage. So it's not like a lot, but it's like all those different ad revenues and then sponsors helping out with, with gas money and things like that. And then honestly living, living humbly, like yeah. trying not to blow cash. And it seems like you're, you're always packing up merch too. Like your, your gear seems like it's going off. Yeah. People are stoked. I, it's, it's hard to do. I've, I've only done a couple drops over a couple of years, but yeah, people are stoked. They just want to support. And then ha- having your, your merch out there is like, it's, it's dope. You know, it's, it's free advertisement and, and people are psyched on it. So, and the how's your neck came from a sponsor too, right? That's a, that's a whole thing. That's a whole thing. I don't even know. I mean, how's your neck came from like me and my buddy Jamal long time ago, just being on the health kick and like nothing really that's good for you. Tastes good ever. So it's like, you just got to get it down your fucking neck, dude. Like to, at any means, if it's a green <laughs> juice and people are like, ew, it tastes gross. It's like, close your eyes, clog your nose, get it down the hatchway. Like that's what's got to happen. And then it turned into, into your gullet, into your, into your cuello. And it's like, really to consume something, everything's got to go in your neck. So then that led into like somebody stomp something or like put something down. You're like, this dude just necked that feature. It's like, and then you're getting necked. If you bail, you're getting necked. So it's like, it's just basically everything, you know? And then at the end of the day, How's your neck? You know, like it's, it's holding your head up. Are you on point? Like, like that's the, that's the structure of everything. So it's kind of just like it's kind of like Wu Tang's protect your neck too. Huh? <laughs> it's all, it all comes around. Little Wayne, like, how's your neck? <laughs> and your Adam's apple. <laughs> and the yeah. RV was that? That was a sponsor. The RV. The RV we purchased on our own. Me and my buddy oh, daily. Did? Yep. The the U.S. Stoke was all time, and we were traveling around a bunch. Gas wasn't that bad back then. And we were like, dude, we got to get a bus. I mean, we just got to cruise around and, and hit all these different mountains and see these people that are claiming come to come to Ohio, come to Tennessee. You're like, you guys are snowboarding in these places? And then you show up and it was like, but yeah, that was it. That was the dopest investment we've ever had. Because you were sure. in a little van before, huh? Yeah. Yeah. It's tiny little space for my body because it was loaded with hundreds of pieces of merch and it, like gear and snowboarding stuff and then filming stuff and surfing stuff. And it's just like my little body in there. I'm like, I was in a 91 Ford Ranger. Ford Ranger a long time before that with a cap i've been living in vehicles for a while yeah living in that car life van life i want to just dive into this topic because there's something to be said here with you're talking and you're like we go to japan with no plan and i drive here and you got this like loose kind of like flying off the seat of your pants however you want to say that slogan like you just kind of go i don't want to say go where the wind takes you but you're you're very comfortable not being in control of the situation and having faith that it's going to work out. Can you elaborate on that? I think I'm, I'm like discovering a lot of this about me when you're asking these, but I feel like my mom sold our house when I was still a senior in high school. And that year she had moved up to New Hampshire. She was stoked and she bought a smaller house up there, but she like let us keep the crib down there so I could finish high school. And then she told me that that was the last summer. And I really didn't, I don't know, I was young back then. I didn't want to go up and live with my mom in a different place, miss all my friends and stuff. So I had a, I had a pickup truck and once summer was over and, and she bailed out, I just hopped in the pickup truck and I started living in it like right away, couch crashing on my friends. And so that was when I was like, I graduated at 17. So like 16, 17, 18, 19, I was just living off of 
what, whatever I had working myself, living in my car, crashing at friends' houses, they would move, crash to a different place. So like, I think it's just, it's so natural for me to mm-hmm. move all my stuff from the back of my truck up into the front of it every night, go in the back and sleep cold, wake up, move it all back into the back. And like, that's all I know. Totally. But even, even, on, even on, a, on a bigger level though, I feel like, you know, talking about you went to the Mayan temples and you meditated and you seem like there, there's like, there's the population of, of humans generally are like, I need to be in control. I need to, I need to like make sure everything's organized and I, I have control of my life, but it seems like you have like a higher spiritual connection where you're like, dude, I think everything's going to be all good. Would you, does that align with your kind of perspective? 100%. On life? So I didn't even like bring this up, but when I was mentioning that, like I changed my life and I, and I found Mount hood and like all the sponsors and stuff were coming and I got rid of like my cars and my girlfriend, I sold everything. And it was just like that time, I think it was 2000. 11 something like that 2011 12 one of my buddies threw on the secret like the, the ronda byron law of attraction i had no idea what was going on but it was one of those things where you're like like fuck, i knew that this whole time like in, inside like yeah you think about stuff and you're like it's gonna come blah 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 and i just like started applying that so heavily but not just on the side of wishful thinking like oh, i'm gonna sit here on the couch all day and just fucking think about this and then wake up tomorrow and be on it like I'm in it where like, I'm going to think about this. That's going to spark ideas. I'm going to use that, grab a piece of paper and pencil, write down those ideas. Now that they're flowing, I'm going to take action on those ideas. And because I'm taking action, things are coming. And it's like this cycle. And I literally saw that shit start working and manifesting instantly. And I just start, I just started making like, all right, I'm going to do this. I'm going to try to do that. I'm going to try to do this. And boom, boom, boom. And I'm like, holy shit, what, what can't we do? Like I, I could just... I got, if I have enough money to buy a plane, I can just get on this plane right now and I'll, I'll just go over there. And once you do one of those things, like if you fly to say Austria by yourself for the first time ever, it just seems like this like gray black area. Like you don't know, you don't know the streets, you don't know people, you know, but once you get there, you're like, okay, I'm in the streets. There's a bus right there. Okay. That bus will bring me to Innsbruck. Get on the bus. It's four bucks. You're like, okay. Now I'm, now I'm in Innsbruck. Okay. Fine. Find a place. Next thing you know, you someone riding by on a bike and they're, they're talking shit. You guys are whatever. And they're like, Oh, you need a place to crash. Next thing you know, you're, you're crashing at their house and they know you're homie. And then you're, and then, and then there's this connection and you're just like, the more you do it, the more you realize it. And then once you have a couple good goes at that, and you're like, I just crushed this country that I've never been to. And you're like, well, how could Chile be much different? Or how could New Zealand be? And if they speak English there, it's like it's that much easier. And I think just, the confidence from growing up like I did and being on my own and, and doing that kind of gave me like the leap of faith to do it. And then once I did it and started seeing immediately, I was like, I don't need any, any you know, plans or anything. Cause most of the time you make a plan and it ends up bailing anyways. And then you're all freaking out. You're like, fuck, I booked this place, but it's not working. My credit card's not there. And you're like, if you don't have any plans and it can't really change. And it's, man, it's just so much easier mm-hmm. to just be like, if you know that you're able to handle any situation, like you're not going to die. It's not, you have some cash and like there's there's places like, there's people are amazing dude there's so many people that are down to help and if you've ever seen somebody in need like you get that feeling inside where you're like i have the opportunity to help somebody out right now like let's let's fucking dial this in because i'm probably going to need help and it'd be sick if somebody helped me when i did it and i have the means to dial them in right now like that's what that's what this human experience like seems like it is you know get people stoked and help each other out mm-hmm. i love that there's there's a lot there uh that's a big thing with aa when you when you go there, you, you think, oh, like, the world's not working out for me, everything's against me, and, like, the first thing I tell you to, go help somebody, go help somebody, and you're like, oh, I feel great now, mm-hmm. and then even more so, though, going back to that, you know, a lot of people hate this, because I say it with my, with my 
friends that are going through hard things. And I'm always like, dude, the, the universe is going to work out how it's supposed to. Just let go. It's going to work out how it's supposed to. Mm-hmm. And it's, it is like an uncomprehendable thing. And you seem to be a black belt in just being okay with how things are going to go. Like there's like a little bit of inner peace and, 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 and the things that you do, you know, and, and do you attribute any of that to, to like meditation or anything like that? Or, or what would you attribute that to? Yeah, maybe meditation or just consciousness or just like realizing, like you said, everybody's got crazy shit happening to them all the time. It sucks. It's like, well, how many epic things? Like, but for some reason, we always focus on the shitty ones. You have a banger day, like three, four weeks of just fire, and then you have one shitty day, and you're just all oh, you talk, humans just think about the shittiness, and you're just like, yeah. well, it's like, I can look at you right now, and you're talking, and you're breathing, and you're, and you're still, you have, you have food, you have shoes, you have like, I can, I can list 500 things right now looking at you. You look good. You smell like everything about you. You're, you're a total G. You crushed it last week. You, you know, one bad day. Let this thing go mm-hmm. by, and like, it's, it's going to happen. Just, you, you can't change it. Mm-hmm. And if you can, act on it and change it. But if you can't accept it because you're just going to feel so much better and you're going to be able to, if you can change it, you're going to be in a better state to do that if you're not all. Oh, I love it. I'm, yeah, that's I'm amazing. reading this book right now called Letting Go that was sent to me by a friend and uh, I'm getting through it. And they basically, I'm going to try to say this without butchering it, but I believe they said negativity doesn't really exist. It's just a matter of perspective. Like things just happen. They yep. just are. It's not what happens. It's how you react to it. Mm-hmm. So it's like, my car broke down. That's not a negative thing. That's not a, but you can make it negative and you, you can make it. It's not a negative thing. Your car broke down. Okay, deal with it. Well, sweet. I get to walk somewhere, you know, and that perspective that you have of po- like you just radiate positivity. I think that that a lot of people are just, they can't get out of their own way because they're so fucking negative, you know, mm-hmm. myself included. And so, you know, going back to, to like that type of thing that you're doing with your vlog is like kind of spreading positivity where people can go, oh, dude, I, you know, you radiate good energy. People want to be around you. And yeah. That's, that's killer. I mean, I've gotten robbed for everything that I own publicly two or three times. Straight robbed? Is that what you said? Yeah. Broken into, bro- broken into my car, took everything, hard drives, footage that I have stacked from that long, like just such sentimental things, insane, just computers and cameras and everything. And it's just like, am I going to cry? Like, yeah, uh, it's material. How object. much stuff did you just have to lose? Like you, had, you just had a computer. You just had a camera. Like you have sponsors. You can hit up your sponsors right now and tell them what happened. They can send you some new gear. Like you have support from other people. Like you're still a lot. Like you can get you can get murked. Like you're still healthy. You're not in the hospital. There's so many. It's all perception. Your body reacts to that like crazy. It's it's really unhealthy to to overreact. And it's like you said, it's pointless because it's happening. It's not good. It's not bad. It happened. If you wanna if you wanna handle it, handle it, and you'll be in a better position to do so if you're calm and you know that, like it's gonna work out. It's all about how you handle it, huh? It's always worked out. Yeah. You're still here. All the bad stuff that's happened before has worked out. So, like, what is it? This too shall pass. It's like, mm-hmm. same stuff. I like how you were talking about the secret and a lot of attraction. And a lot of people do just sit on the couch. That's so and, frustrating. Yeah, and they think, like, I'm doing it. I'm manifesting. But I think the actual can secret. You, can you actually elaborate on what exactly that is, like, in a little bit more detail? Like the actual movie in the book? Just in general, yeah. Like the maybe the bullet point of what the overall thing is. Because you talked about it, but didn't exa- exactly explain what it is. And I actually don't exactly remember it. It's too. just, I, I mean, I don't really, I'm not the, I didn't write the book. I don't know. This is just me talking about it. But it's like we're, we're, we're obviously, we're made up of energy. And energy attracts energy. It's all measurable and all that. So it's not like voodoo. It's real and it's happening all the time and you've seen it. And when you have a shitty day and something spirals out of control because you're thinking about that and nothing, something happens. And then honestly, it's just your perception. You're looking for shitty things to happen. 
when they happen all day long. I stub my toe all the time, but on a bad day, you stub your toe. See, stub my toe. See, oh, I hit this. See, I broke this. And you're just like, you're just looking for that. I could have done that to you yesterday, but you had like 800 good things going on. So it's just emitting a frequency into the universe, like you said, which is going to happen regardless. And it's going to do its thing. It's been doing its thing. It's going to keep doing its thing. Humans are pretty recent. And when you work with that, instead of against it, and you put out good energy, like you said, helping people, then maybe that same person, that energy will help you. Like it's, it's, it's math or it's energy or whatever it is, but it's, it's obvious and it's real and we can all feel it. And some people can, can hone in on it. And I'm just super grateful that I discovered it early. And that maybe it's not even true, but if, if it works for me, there's so yeah, many. We got these crazy monkey brains that want to sabotage us at all times. So how can we, how can we hack them so we can actually like, we aren't just getting in our own way. And that's biohacking. I, yeah, exactly. And because that meat is trying to keep us alive from a time period where things have changed and it's not the same. So that email that comes through that gets your cortisol spiked up is the same thing as when you've seen that tiger and now you're freaking out. But you're literally, it's an email or a text yep. message or a girl that you're trying to, you know what I mean? Yep. You we're just sabotaging ourselves. And everybody right. struggles with it too. And going back to what you said earlier, uh, I read this book called Ego's the Enemy, a really great book. And uh, they, they, they're they talking about how, you know, the ego likes to be right, right? It really likes to be right. So when you're like, you know, that would happen to me, right? You're you're So like when something bad happens to you and you're like, oh, that would happen to me. You're basically just, you're just trying to be right. Like you're just trying to be right for your ego. So people would rather be right than happy their yes. ego would rather keep them right than be happy so they're like yeah this uh, this this you know whatever it is so that negative cycle just perpetuates and then going back to where you can switch it up and and if you can change your perspective which you have a fucking glorious perspective it life inherently gets better and good luck falls you around you know it brings you to that second or that third person behind that then gets to watch the ego and is like yeah. what is this fucking guy claiming over here <laughs> yeah. like that's a terrible idea mm-hmm. Hundred percent. I love this stuff. Well, let's get into a guest question from Mike Dossie. Now, uh, the guest question is presented by Capita Snowboards. Capita is coming on. Uh, this is the first episode that they're a sponsor of. They're supporting myself. They're supporting the show. And the guys over there in the office, they they love the bomb hole and they are diehard snowboarders. It's a privately owned snowboard company. These are people that rely on snowboarding to pay their bills, to feed their families, all these types of things. And you know, Capita owned by snowboarders. It's just cool to keep keep it in the circle. It's not going to some big conglomerate. And uh, just just so grateful, so happy to be a part of Capita um, here at the bomb hole and everything else. But let's get into a guest question from Mike Dossie. Here we go. What's up, bomb hole? Mike Dossie here, coming to you live from Beijing. I got a guest question for Casey Willax, aka C Dubber. Casey and I grew up in the same hometown of Colchester, Connecticut. Shout out. I've been watching this kid drop full parts since he was probably 13 years old and he was ollieing off roofs and traveling the world as a Grom. And, um, you know, I want to know, you've had your eyes set on your goals for a very, very, very long time. And, you know, give us some examples of times where you struggled to find motivation and find creativity. And like, how did you get through those times? Was it just drinking a gallon of veggie juice and calling it a day and just hopping on the wagon or, or, or what is it, man? And, you know, I know personally, I struggle with some things like that and I know other people probably do too. So hope you guys have a great episode and thanks so much. We got to get a double air horn for the live from Beijing. We give him the super air horn. Let's give him the super. Miguel Lawson. 
All right, that gets a little obnoxious. We'll, we'll tone it down. That's so deserved. You have no <laughs> idea. That kid is, I mean, first of all, the answer is him for, for one of them. Like having, having homies like him who are on the same mindset as you and when you're not the only one up at midnight still going and he's also there too and it, one o'clock rolls around and you're just like, you know, we're doing this together. You don't feel like you're the only one up. Everybody else is sleeping. And then you crash out and you wake up at 6am and homies right there too, doing the same thing. And they're on the same vibes. And then you can actually work together where, like he said about the veggie juice, maybe I make him a veggie juice one time I make double. And then the next time he makes it for me, it's like, it's that teamwork. And I got to bring it back to my brother is so insane. He's, I can't even believe that he's, that he's a human or that he's my brother. He's in two full bands has toured the, the world in both of them. He's the most insane videographer. He comes on and helps me with my videos sometimes and just takes like everything to the next level. And watching him hammer through the things that we've been through in life together is just like anytime that I, that I feel like I'm slipping up or something, he posts something or he does something or I watch it or I see where he's at and I'm just like, this is what we're doing and it brings me back to my dad and it brings me back to my brother and it just brings me to this whole state where I'm like, this is, there's no other option, dude, because it's just, it's, it's so short or, or it, could, it could be so short and you got to take every moment for granted. Or not take every moment for granted. So I know, I know, um, you talked about losing your, your father briefly, but I know you had another brother that, that passed away. Um, do you want to talk about that at all? Yeah, I was, I almost touched on it when I was saying in the beginning how, you know, when you're nine years old, maybe you're, maybe you're frothing, you know, living your life as best you can for your dad until you're 10, 19 or something like that. And like that, anything fades, like you, you lose that drive for, for what that was. And, I honestly feel like right around that time period was right when like I needed a boost. And it's like, I don't know how anybody could ever think about that as like a way to, to, to like my brother passing came right into me and I had a whole entire another human beings worth of energy in me. And then so did my brother. And just like the, the day that it happened, we, we just looked at each other and we're like, are we going to fucking sit here and mope right now? Or are we going to do exactly what we need to do? which is literally go, go paddle out right now and go surf and like, and be, you know, like, this is a day. This is, this is one day out of however many more we're going to get. We just realized how fragile this shit is. Let's go do like, what is exactly that we want to do right now? Because we're gonna do that today and we're gonna do that tomorrow. And like all the motivation comes from him and just having friends that are like there to back it with you. And like, I have some other homies too, or like they'll, they'll sit there with me, not even editing just because they're not going to bed until I am. And I'm just like, dude, that is the most savage thing ever. So that community is, is what keeps me going. The boys. Do you think that, I think that losing friends, family is like probably the hardest, one of the hardest things you can deal with in life. But do you think that that gave you a bit of a perspective shift on, I mean, you touched on it briefly how fragile it is and, and big, it, it, I mean, I'm going to speak from my experience, but it feels like it gives you a perspective where you're not looking from the ground level. You zoom out, you look at the bigger picture, you go to somebody's funeral you realize like what life's all about when you're at somebody's funeral and like what's really important or things like that. Did, did you get any type of perspective shifts from that? My whole life shifted everything. And uh, like I said, I felt like I was kind of coming down from like just crushing it so hard. Cause I had been at hood by myself training, like not talking to anybody, just waking up, jogging, sleeping in the rest area there in my truck, going to hood and like, it just gets tired and then you travel and then it just starts to seem normal almost. And you know, you're like, you're not taking, you're not being grateful for the fact that you're in Austria. It's like, you're just there again. And yeah, having, having a whole paradigm shift like that just set me right back to phase one where it's like, all right, this is, yeah. What about also the other thing too, I think that, 
that strength, it boosts your spirituality on a lot of levels. You can go a couple different ways. You can kind of like numb out and try to not feel anything, or you can kind of boost your spirituality to try to feel more connected to the ones you've lost. Did that, I don't know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not fishing for anything, but I mean, did, did you feel any type of boost in spirituality in that way? hundred percent. Yeah. Then the connectedness between my family grew even harder. And then it's like, not only do I have to do this for me, but it's like, now nah, I got to make my mom so fucking stoked. And just, she, I just want my mom to see everything I'm doing being like, I can't even control this kid. I, I, I trust everything he's doing and he's out of his mind and I'm so supportive of it. And to have my mom even be in that position is like, I'm so grateful for her from letting me go skateboard when I was eight years old at school, hiding, waiting for all the buses to leave and then going to like making sure like, if you guys are going to do something, do it here. Like I'm going to, I'm going to be in control of Every, every situation as best as I can to make sure that you guys aren't just going and doing shit freely and wildly when you can have like a, a safe zone to do it properly. And yeah, my mom is everything. She's such a fucking tank. Yeah. How old were you when you lost your brother? Um, 2012. So I was 22. It's tough. So go, I want to paint a picture of your, of your mom too, because Dossie was saying that she's just like a badass, like tattoos, just kind of just a crushing woman. She's Let's give her an air horn while yeah. we're She sounds like an awesome She's got awesome two sleeves. Woman. Yeah. Fully two tatted. Sleeves. Yeah. She retired as right when she wanted to. She worked 50 years as, as a nurse just taking care of people. Like, I couldn't even imagine what that would be like. And she retired at, uh, and picked up a Harley. She'd never ridden a motorcycle in her life. And my dad was huge into, into bikes and they always rode together. And she retired, moved up to New Hampshire, like near Bike Week and all that. And she's super east coast hardcore she'll shovel your whole driveway right in front of you and she's bought two harleys and she's just been ripping around on harley's sleeved up she travels wherever she wants to go she rents hotel it's just crazy my mom wants to go to mexico she goes to mexico she wants to come hang out with me and my brother she comes hang out with us she cares about nothing more than just honestly taking photos and documenting what she's doing she's just so on it and just hanging out with us and just loving life like watching my mom handle handle life and honestly just enjoy life and going back to the secret, I think she didn't, she for sure doesn't know what the secret is, but she's lived it right in front of me at that age where you're absorbing everything and it's kind of developing how you're going to live and just watching her handle situations that were like super gnarly, but just this is a situation. She, she still does it to this day where I'm like, oh my God, that was, this is aggressive. And she's like, oh, we'll, we'll have somebody come over and we'll get it fixed tomorrow and then we'll, we'll figure out, I can figure out something, something. I'm like, well, you were calm and you just handled that properly. It's good to have good role models like that. You learn a lot. And there's another thing I want to touch on too. You talk about, you know, the way parents want to give their kid everything, right? You want to give your kids the things you didn't have or, or do everything, do your, do your kid's homework, take care, you know, do like be there, you know, hovering over your kid at all times. But then you look at the inverse factor, you're the result of uh, parents that had a very loose leash uh, that you could do whatever you want. And, and, and that creates a wild sense of independence at a young age, too. And that's almost can be more beneficial if you go on the right path. When you learn the failures yourself, it, it sticks and you don't forget it. When somebody tells you to do something, you're almost like, is it? You're trying to, you yeah, know, 100%. Uh, and then it happens. You're like, oh, shit, they told me not to do it. I did it anyways. I'll never forget that. Yeah, that and it sounds mom's. like your mom had a lot of trust, too. Yeah. And you would tell her. We're also three on. dudes who yeah. it's like, she kind of didn't have a choice either. True. Like she didn't have my dad there to be like, get these go guys get your in father check. And yeah. Come down and whoop your ass. It's like, she just. She had the trust and counted on you guys to do the right thing, and you did. Yep. That was what an awesome lady. There's a lot of variable combos that happened. I'm so grateful for it for sure. Hey, I got a Patreon question. 
for you along these lines, maybe. Um, this is from, well, first of all, thank you to all the Patreon members. Appreciate you guys. Uh, this is a podcast. Thank you to our sponsors. Huge help. But mainly podcasts funded by the people, you guys listening. So for all you guys that support, you help us do this. Thank you so much. Yeah, we, um, we really, we really appreciate it. We get to have these awesome conversations with people like Casey. So This is from Seth Milano. What are some life lessons you've learned so far in these past years? Kind of a deep question, but deep, vague question, yeah. but I back it. Yeah, I think just the vulnerability thing. Just don't really worry too much about you know what other people are thinking about you if you, if you know deep down that it's like what you want to do and it's not hurting anybody and if it's helping other people, like just stop worrying about other people. That's what that's where so much insecurities come from is worrying about other people's judgments and it just literally doesn't matter because as soon as they're done judging you, it's like it was like a two second thing and they're probably never going to think about you again and like it's it's actually your life and you're doing it so like do it. Yeah, do it. Don't don't try to live they're, up to what they want. I want to add to that too because their judgment of you is more of a reflection of themselves than mm-hmm. it is about you. It's, it says it's more about it them than than it does about you. Well, so, how easy is it for you to sit and watch your daily vlog and judge yeah. and talk shit? Especially and, if you've never seen it before and you yeah. come into an episode where it's just like two, three minutes a neck of me breaking down some stuff that like they don't even know about. Yeah. But I'm like, I'm not. I'm, I'm addressing all the other people that like know what's going on. It's like if there's. of people are stoked on there's one person that's not like all right well why aren't they stoked oh it's a misperception they're messed up their day might have been screwed and you're like all right don't don't even trip over it something cool i saw in your videos too is when you bump into someone and they're like i'm the reason i'm living you're the reason i'm moved out to park city and got this job yeah and And it seems like that happens happens a lot right yeah people come and find you and like the patreon supporters they're the ones that are making make it happen so like yeah it's definitely difficult because it happens a lot and you're like, you're not always hyper stoked, but like, you, you know, you got to pull it out and you're like, you just, it might be their only, only chance ever that they get to meet somebody that they're stoked on. So like, and you, I saw you like took a run with one of them too. Oh yeah. You got to muster do that it all up the time, huh? and you got to get them stoked because like they've been waiting a long time for that. And it's like, they are the reason that I'm able to do everything that I do. So it's like, if I can't take 10 seconds, take a photo and get some stoked and like, what am I even doing? It's yeah. Dude, live. and you watch somebody's vlog, you feel like you know them. Yeah. Like yeah. it's different than like seeing somebody's part. You're like, I know this well, person. That part gets really confusing sometimes yeah. because yeah. people are super socially awkward and they'll roll up like no intro. Like, yo, Casey, dude, what's good? And I'm yeah. like, what's up, brother? And they're just like, hell yeah. And I'm like, do I know you? Or like, you don't know if you know yeah. them or not. So you're like. They know you. But then they, sometimes they did. They met, I met them three times. And yeah. like, we, we'd, we'd done this and I'm like, oh, shit. Now I remember, but it's like, yeah. Also, the, the side note, it's like our brain's like a hard drive, and it only has a certain mm-hmm. amount of capacity of memory. It's, isn't it low? Like, the amount of people you can yeah, remember? Yeah. It's like 200 or something, less yeah, than that. Totally. You only have, like, 12 best friends, they say, mm-hmm. or something crazy. Is that the word? I, I definitely don't quote <laughs> me. Yeah. So, <laughs> another thing, too, I want to talk about. It's like, all right, there's probably a lot of people that are thinking about starting a vlog or want to put out some type of consistent content. What advice do you have for those people? Make sure it's sick you know if you're gonna put out content it's got to be epic you got to be you got to be sending it somewhere you got to be throwing down or you got to be like giving inspiration but as much as you want to make the content for yourself and have it be like like dope to look back at later you're not paying yourself the money and you're, you're not supporting yourself so like you're making the content for other people so try to bring as much value as you can to others so whether you're better at teaching something or whatever niche you have bringing value to others is what's going to get people to come back and be stoked on watching your stuff. And then you can filter in like your actual stoked, like things that you're, that you're hyped on that aren't really like bringing value to others, but except maybe entertainment or something. Well, wow, that's a good scientific kind of diagnosis of how to, how to break it down. Cause I think the thought process is, is not that generally it's 
My life's cool. I'm going to yeah. film it. Yeah, show Check off. me out. Yeah, check out, which is check me out. Yeah. Instead of actually giving value, which is what people is going to bring people yeah. back what, every time. What about consi- consistency, too? Consistency is, is everything. That's what gets... That was my biggest thing is I knew I was never going to be like the best snowboarder putting out the best parts. So if you're trying to get a group of people to understand and, and like follow along with your life, then like they got to watch your stuff every day. And if, if you get consistent, then they get into a routine. And if you drop a 10, 12 minute video every day and, and they're stoked, they wake up, they make their coffee, 830, sit down, watch a 12 minute video, get hyped for the day. Like, okay. And then we're out there. So consistency is huge. Plus YouTube rewards like crazy for consistency. That's good to know. Yeah. Uh, Seems like you have the formula dialed. Well, I think I it's, don't know. <laughs> it's a perfect segue it. for a fan favorite. And again, I don't know if this is a fan favorite, but I like it. What about <laughs> you, buds? I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you know what we're getting into, buds? Name oh, that video part. Oh, boy. <laughs> kind of been dreading this. I'll tell you what, being that you get these four Mammy tickets, Mammoth tickets, I think it is a fan favorite. It is, I've yes. I've seen it in the comments. Exactly. So, yeah. uh, Name That Video Parts presented by Mammoth Mountain. Uh, Mammoth, one of my favorite places to ride. I just found out on an email, I'm going there in the spring to take some park laps at the end of March. Uh, can't wait. Their park is always firing. They have the best jumps. If you want to learn from a 10-foot jump up to, like, they got some 70, 80-foot hogs there usually, especially later in the season. I know they just had a a contest with an insane slope style course. So what about you, buds? What are you into over there? Just the vibe in Mammoth is awesome. You know, you get to bump into guys like Harrison, a.k.a. Mammy Swag. Yeah, Gordy, shout out. Just watch Dusty from the lift, just sleeper airs all day. Uh, Blum in those parks. Just, he's kind of misty, though. He yeah, might he's not, misty. You might you, catch him in the trees. You catch him misty and around, and you're just like, man, this is the spot. Good vibes. Yeah, thank you so much, Mammoth Mountain. Again, if you know the second video part song, not the one we're giving to Casey, the second one, we'll be giving away four lift tickets to Mammoth Mountain. Let's get into, also, if you're up there, make sure to tag them at Mammoth Mountain. That's huge. They love that. Um, But let's get into it. So uh, what's your confidence level, Casey, zero through 10? Two. Two, okay. Not Um, bad. bad. uh, So I knew you're a big Torstein guy, but I was trying to, like, I couldn't, I usually kind of rip these from the internet. I couldn't rip a Torstein part, so I, I, I'm sorry. That was my only intel I had about. So I just shot in the dark. I didn't know. Let's we'll see how you do. Here we go. You're saying that's not Torstein? That's not Torstein. <laughs> yeah, just to let you know, that's not Torstein. Classic song. Yeah, it's Tom Petty. Great tune. Oh. I can point you in a couple. I can give you a couple crumbs. <laughs> let me get a pointer. Uh, he's originally from New Jersey. That's a huge crumb. That's a big crumb. He founded a giant uh, glove company. I can only it, see. Might I, make it worse. I can only imagine. I can only think of two pro snowboarders from Jersey. He 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 found he founded a giant glove company that it, I don't think it long exists anymore, but it was huge for a while. And he's also an Olympian in halfpipe. I can't, I can't blow this, huh? Uh, you can't blow this. Uh, the glove company was <laughs> named after know. like an explosive army device. Grenade? Yep. So there's a crumb. So he founded Grenade. <laughs> yes, there it is. You got it right. 
Wow, those crumbs. <laughs> give that to you. Uh, We're going to give that to you. Two out of ten. Huh? It's yeah, a, two uh, out of ten. So you got the participation award. Yeah, you, you said one. <laughs> yeah, so that's a, uh, we got all kinds of bomb hole merch this. in there. <laughs> yeah, that's a participation award at this Everybody point. Everybody wins. No, he did technically say it without us saying his, his name. No, we didn't say his name. Yeah, I technically wasn't even snowboarding when that was, when that was the biggest as it, as it had been. True. Yeah, I, I thought you were the same age as me, but you're a little younger. I was trying to study everything in like a couple of years, and it was just a lot, a lot to learn. And you're pumping. There's a out lot content. to learn these days. A lot of people, a lot of parts, yeah. a lot of companies, and they keep switching. It's yeah. It's All right, hard let's to get into uh, <laughs> song number two. This is for the listeners to win those tickets. Um, to comment if you know the song, you comment on Casey's Instagram photo, like the thumbnail photo. That's the most out. important thing because I had people DMing me answers. No. And yeah, they got to put it in the right spot if you want to win. And then the first person to comment, they yeah. get the tickies. Here we go. That's a classic part. Well, thank you guys for playing. It's amazing people part. get these. Yeah, I knew that one. All right, I talked to Scotty Lago yesterday for a little bit, and he mentioned that you got a pro model coming out with Lago Snowboards. Huge congrats on that. It's fucking awesome. Thank you. How are we feeling about that? That's beyond a dream. I don't even know. There's no words for it. I'm so grateful. So stoked. So what do you think it means, like, in this day and age to be a pro snowboarder? It's That's the hot topic these days. That's all the controversy. When you were snowboarding, there was there's really there's maybe a straight path, but it was it was one thing. You got to ride for a brand. They got to be stoked. You got to be putting out full parts. You got to be winning contests. You got to work your way up to the AM team. You have to be absolutely disgusting. You have to be at a professional riding level. And yeah, then they, then they move you from AM. And then hopefully you get a board and you're pro. And it's just not it's just not the same anymore. There was no Instagram back then. You couldn't do it on your own. And now you're able to build an entire brand on your own without even having any sponsors. And so there's that weird cliche thing where everybody says that once you start making money in something, you're pro at it, but it's just not definitely not true. And then maybe to the next level of like, once it's your main source of income, then you're a pro. But I just always feel like the word professional means like mastering that art of something. So if like you need to be one of one of the tiered riders that are like at that level. And I mean, I'm not putting down triples. I don't really have a desire to, I could, I could do 1080s and I do stuff like that. Like I'm, I class myself definitely as a really good rider, but my friend Ben Gravy, same kind of situation I'm in, and he's so good at surfing, and he's got pro models, and it's just that contradictory thing of you. Like, is he pro? Is he not? And he coined it as semi-pro, and it's just always been funny and light, and it, like, makes more sense because nowadays you can start up a YouTube channel and you can have all of your money coming from that, and is it – is that because I'm snowboarding or is that because I'm making the edits? Am, am I a filmer? Am I an editor? Am I, am I a, you know, a media? Like, what, what really is it? And I just, I just think that we're in an era where, where, where the line is so skewed and I'm not trying to make any crazy claims and call myself a professional snowboarder because I've been looking up to professional snowboarders my entire life and getting inspiration from them. And I've, I haven't done a lot of the things that they've done. So semi pros kind of, when I a layman walks up to you and they ask you, what do you do? Do you don't say pro snowboarder? I, I would say I snowboard for a living and make videos and stuff. I mean, yeah. if, if it was like a, a situation where it was like an older, like a grandmother and she was just like, doesn't really make it easy on it, It's cause yeah, like my whole entire life is snowboarding. I travel from country to country, yeah. constantly snowboard, put out content. I get freaky. Like I have a board in my name. Like it's, it's so much easier to be like, yeah, I'm well, semi-professional let's, let's break yeah. this down to what it is too. Because if you look at skateboarding is really kind of like probably the North star for a lot of this. And if you want to skate in Tampa pro, 
the contest. There's Tampa Am, Tampa Pro. Like Tyson Bowerbank was telling me, the way they decide who's in it is who has their name on a board, basically. Once you have a name on a board, you're, you are on the pro level. So by, by those definitions, I think you should feel damn fine saying I'm a pro snowboarder, you know? And, and then even going back to, it's, it's an interesting one because do you feel like it's interesting how the industry doesn't maybe like the, 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 the nucleus of, of brands that have teams and make videos like maybe don't view the vlog, like you're, the way you put out content and the amount of people you influence as like it doesn't fit into that box of like the proper team for a lot of these brands. Like what's your relationship with the industry and that stuff? It's kind of a vague question, but. I think it's the dopest thing ever that we live in a time where you can make money and support and do everything on your own. Yes. It's like it's really annoying sending out emails and trying to like propose things and building decks and like shout out to Dossie for doing basically all that for me. He's, he shoots emails. He's made up NARV tour decks where we can send them out and we, I mean, when you have something to offer to a company, it's different and you can like actually give them real like pastime sales and stuff like that. And like getting actual it's just hard to get actual sales so if you can really do that then like you're, you're an asset to a company and just yeah just it's well there's also it's another conversation piece too because it's we're in a similar boat too because you can you can be a, a pro snowboarder by by selling or you be a pro snowboarder by doing the best tricks right but you, ultimately why a brand has you on is this is to sell snowboard products right and how do you do that you influence people uh you you're, you influence people through you know, whether it's your lifestyle, your edits, whether it's the best tricks ever made or a daily edit, you're, you're influencing people that want to, that rock with you, that want to buy your stuff. And for, it's crazy because your, your statistics are so tangible. Like what, how many views a year do you do? Do you know roughly off the top of your head? Uh, but it's gotta be like in <laughs> close in the M's, right? It's gotta be yeah, like, yeah, I think it's a hundred K a week winner or something like yeah, that. Yeah. A week. So, 100K a week, right? Some people, they That's film dope. the most insane video part of their life and it gets like 10K views. You're doing 100K a week, right? And so it's just, you know, it's easily into the millions of views a year. And so it's like, it's funny how that's like such a tangible, like there's millions of people well, watching. His, his is more pointed at the people that are buying products. Yeah, but the, as then the brands. to the, the small group that all gets it for free as well. Yeah. And then most of those people that watch don't understand what the, that part is that you're watching. Cause yeah. as I've gotten better and they I've learned more tricks, it. once yeah. I put down my first nine, I'm like, Oh, that's what the trick is. And yeah. Then, oh, he's doing a switch. Now I'm like, wow, yeah, that's really, it resonates more and you understand mm -hmm. it. But I've put out, I've made like a Japan movie and it's like, I've gotten less views on like full year recap things that I've done than just like, I, I did this to my snowboard and then like, this is why it's you leave them with like an opening where they're like, what they have to click on it and you watch it and then you get a hundred, hundred thousand views or something. And you're like, you put so much work into a full two week or three week or a full season part. And then it gets like half or a quarter of it. And you're like, I know that's better, but mm -hmm. how do you it teach them how to make a better turn? Then you're going to get a hundred thousand yeah. views because <laughs> they all need to learn how to turn. Yeah. Like, there's yeah. a lot of people that don't know how to turn they're doing it wrong out there. Yeah, yep. it's like the people that are watching already know how to backlip, already know how to front seven, the the core parts. But then there's the ma majority of population of snowboarding hasn't gotten to that level, and it's like that that huge sliver of the pie is like kind of there's not that many people talking to them. Like, yeah, you're gonna leave them out. Yeah, you can't leave they're them the out. ones. And yep. they're the ones buying the most product, I'd imagine. And they're gonna be the ones that are sick. they're getting sick. They're probably younger, and they're gonna get better at riding. And it's like, yeah, to influence the sport and have people. Mm -hmm. 
that's, that's the best thing ever. But to touch on like not having to go to the sponsors for money and being able to do that, even if it's less, it's like yep. you don't have incentives where like you've, you're doing something and you have to make sure that you, oh, we forgot to this or like put this brand here and it's, then they want more incentives and then you got to, it just creates a lot more work. So like it, it actually is work. So you're, you're, you're paying for it, but it's, it's nice to be able to do at least some stuff on your own. And there's nothing better than being able to do things on your own terms. Doing th- whatever the fuck you want to do on your own terms and not having to be like, well, I got to do this because the sponsor needs me to do it. And, mm-hmm. and I'd rather so, do it for which, free. And, and if they've been helping you out and hooking it up, and then, then you know, you give that back to them. Then they're like, oh, my gosh, okay, yeah. I, I know who to, who's going to do something for me, so I know who to, do, who to help out when they need it. Yeah, that's really that's, – it's fascinating stuff how the – because I don't know if everybody knows how the pro – like the snowboarding industry kind of works, you know. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of people don't. You got a Patreon I question, Buds? This is from Nate Robertson. It sees almost as blogs have replaced video parts for the younger generation of rippers. For me, video parts were the foundation of how I got hooked on snowboarding. How do you use your influence to preserve the culture of snowboarding that we all know and love? I'm just pushing the stoke. You know, there's nothing more important than when you're out there than, than getting stoked. So it's like if, if I can just show people how much fun you can have in every single condition and you can still film like we were talking about how the full part comes out and there is so much hard work and so much bails and commitment and setup and dedication and just like absolute insanity that goes into it that is so disrespected and they'll never know and you just you have no idea how many winches broke or how much gas you're spilling or if you got fucked with by the cops or like whatever's going on so you could make i mean there could be vlogs around video parts where they go to a street spot and they show what they're they're gonna hit and they show some some shitty tricks or their bails and their attempts on it and then stack those clips up you can still put out a full video part at the end of the year i try to still do that all the time for sure Mm -hmm. You know, it's also sick too. talking about all this stuff. I got to make a bullet point too, because it's like the, it doesn't all need to go in one direction. We need vlogs. We need the niche video. That's like very core. We need the big backcountry video. We need contests. We need beginners. We need people that just want to carve and do how to tutorials. It all makes it work. It's we not need the snobs it, too. Yeah, we need we and we need the elitists. <laughs> yeah, we need the, the elitists to sit there to and keep point. everyone in yeah. check. And, and and then and and you know you need people to make snowboarding look fucking cool. You know, a lot of times like that stuff, you're like, damn, look at it, look fucking cool. You yeah, know, and so let them do it. Yeah, it's it's just cool how it's like there. There's uh, and the lines are blurred, but we it all makes it work. You know, hundred percent. We need all that. We don't really need the hate in it all. Mm-hmm. We just need everybody to do what they want. If some mm-hmm. people are be- they feel more comfortable being told when to drop in in a specific condition that maybe I don't, and they could put down their heaters and like sick. Well, that's what you should be doing. If you don't even want to go into the terrain park and you're just trying to ride glades or something like that's what you should be doing. If you don't want to put your snowboard high backs showing and you want to put your, your high backs hit like do whatever you want to do, bro. It's as long as you're out there stoked and like, you're not bringing people down. Like that's what we need. We have positivity and getting people out there. We need full banger parts though, for sure. We, yeah. We, we need to be. Yeah, there needs to be people pushing the sport. Watching the X Games, man, I was nervous for these kids having to drop in and do those tricks they have to do. I mean, the Olympics are going to be out of control. Olympics are crazy. <laughs> Imagine being that kid strapping in up there like, all right, I just got to do what that guy just did. Yep. Can, can you imagine? This is the other thing, too, that's also another factor. Imagine being like eight years old. I don't know, maybe being 10 years old, and you're just getting into snowboarding. You just learned how to do like a 180 and you flick on the screen, and you watch the Olympics, and you see somebody do a nineteen fucking eighty, Switch. and you're like, I sw- and you're like, I, I have to learn how to do that. <laughs> that's that's what I, I gotta do. I can barely hit the <laughs> kicker in my yeah. backyard. Like this yeah. is fucking mental. And it's a sixteen year old kid doing it. And you're like, what? Yeah. Or when the triple goes down in the pipe. Oh yeah, oh my God. nuts. 
But then that's what's awesome about people like Scott Stevens, right? Because it's like he can snowboard on a rock. Yeah, air horn yeah. There. yeah, let's yeah. give him an air horn. And he make can, it look awesome. Yeah. yeah, snowboard on a rock in front of his house. And, and that's something you can, like Blue said it really well. He's like, you can try to do that. Like, but you you won't you're be able do to do it like him. But you're not, and, yeah. and and that's another thing about what you guys do. It's like it, it makes it okay. This is accessible. Like I can I I can go to the park with my friends and and not that they can front nine the jump, but they can probably at least relate to what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, and you can give them some comp, some tips on how, how to hit the jump with some more speed, so that way there's not people casing the jump all around you, or give them some tips on how to not go in the landing. Like that's that's crucial. Do you do that stuff in your vlogs? tips for sure and like i've done full-on terrain park etiquettes just just ruthless day in the park just we're doing this right now roll the camera 30 tips that you need to know before you enter the terrain park is like on a busy park day you'll go and do that yeah no i've just done oh, i've just done, done one your own massive 30 minute just did it go off terrain yeah i bet, I bet. that's yeah. so good that so well, cool hit, hit a couple bullet points right now while we're on it because there's some people that probably need to hear this oh my god there's so many i mean you shouldn't even go into the park if you're if you're not if you haven't like dialed in your riding yet because a lot of people will just like arms up just a little bit out of control heading into the park and you already know you're like oh boy and they're coming right towards a rail i would say dude there's so many if you're stopped look uphill before you drop because the park is made to flow through and some people just want to flow through it so if you stopped and you're doing something just make sure you look uphill before you drop in um never ever go into the landing never never cruise over the backside you're going to get smoked. And the third biggest one is like, if, if you get fall and you, if you fall and you're able to get out of the way as quickly as possible or else you could make it worse for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just yesterday at Woodward, I went off one of the jumps and as I came around on a cab five, there was two skis on the knuckle and a kid running up the landing straight up, straight up. And I had to do like luckily land toe hook and just he was running right up where little 10 year old skier kid, just two ejectors just right. Oh, he ejected. Up. Yeah. But, uh, almost one more for the advanced rider and yeah. every rider is when you see something like that, X a jump off because yeah. it's, yes. you know what I mean, that could be you and you could be really in control and be, and be on point. But if there's somebody like that in the landing, mm-hmm. I've seen people just sitting there filming on the knuckle and they're just, they're just looking. Yeah, and someone goes and they could have stopped like, it. it off and let somebody know. That's so crucial. Throw the DMX X up. DMX. That's universal. Okay, uh, I think it's time to get into the pub beer crapshoot. So, here we go. Nice. Welcome to the pub beer crapshoot. Pub beer, huge supporter of the show. We, uh, you know, they support us. You should support them. If you're going to go uh, crush some can responsibly, pick yourself up a pub beer. They help us live the dream here. So support the ones that support us. But cheap, that, fun beer. Yeah, their motto is cheap, fun beer. Now, uh, so what happens is you roll the dice. Whatever it lands on, we'll tell you what you got to do. There's two through 12. Roll them both. Roll them both. Goon Gears is six. So we got a seven. So seven. Who's your favorite... Who's one of your favorite people to party with? Seven. And it can be back when you partied, obviously. Or you party sober. Yeah. Easy. Jamal. Jamal Cunningham, my homie. Jamal he's, gets that air horn. He's, I mean, he's great for a lot of other things, too. But he had a phase where that was, he was the one. You want to party with this guy. Love it. Well, let, <laughs> let, let's change gears into surfing. Because I've seen, you know, you just got this, like, deep passion for surfing. And uh, how did that come about? And, and why do you like it There's so much? no waves in Connecticut, are there? I've scored in Connecticut. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I didn't grow up surfing at all. I, I never, I think I might have done like a Narragansett day when I was like 13 or something one time. I had a terrible, you know, no, just no clue what you're doing. 
Um, Connecticut touched the ocean? I didn't think it did, but I'm not a yeah. geography. Long, right. Island, Long Island Sound. Long Island Sound. Oh, part. You're right. Connecticut, Bridgeport, Connecticut. Yeah, and it's just howling southwest winds will they'll push waves through the sound, and then you're basically surfing wind surf. Oh, that so makes yeah, sense. Like yeah. shoulder head. I've been on the sound. I've I've seen that. I've yeah. taken that ferry from Bridgeport to uh, Long Island. Yeah, the the surfing came about by I was actually at High Cascade, went for a double backflip. Started getting that backside lean going on, caught oh, a no. heel edge, like tried to throw the rodeo, had a rib injury, got told that it was like a four-week healing process, just don't do anything. So I just like cruised down to Southern California and it was well, actually, no, it was, that was the second time. The first time was with my buddy Brian after that summer. The first time we'd moved out there, we'd filmed all the video parts, snowboarded until like, what, September 5th, I think, until they close. And then we had October, my brother, Dana, had moved there already and he was living in Huntington Beach never been to socal before so we made the drive road trip all the way down there which was like so sick after like the whole roadie across and then living there and then driving down and just grabbed a nine foot board my brother's neighbor was an ex-professional surfer kind of like kind of burnout guy but he was just such a g and he gave us like the full ropes and something about being humbled and like starting over i feel like that i just like so much and just getting bodied coming out of the water like it took me like six or seven days of paddling this longboard bloody lips and like just not getting it at all to finally catch my first wave and it was like 20 seconds just a little white water dreamer i could like it, it changed my life for sure and sur- surfing is just one of those things like snowboarding where you have to commit 100 percent of your time and you got to travel and you got to go to peru and you got to go all these places so from like 2000 and i think like 11 or 12 until 2016 or 17 I just I just did like a couple weeks where you're like just trying to get your endurance back and everything and then I I moved to Southern California with like a desire in 2016 to start surfing full-time and that's when I was like out there 4 a.m under the pier every day and my buddy had um brought me down to Mexico and I met I met this other dude who had a house down there and like the Mexico vibes were absolutely insane so like one thing led to another and like I, I started going down there all the time, falling in love with surfing and the dude was going to Indo and he asked me if I wanted to run his Airbnb and just like live down there for free. And it was just one of those things where I was like, oh my God, I'm not going to make any money, but I can just like post up here, do exactly what I want to do, surf the best waves. And I just got to like check in his guests and whatnot and just being by myself and like surfing every single day with absolutely no worries. There's some connectivity that humans obviously have with water. Uh, we all know it we don't know why or what and it's just like being being in the water and then that feeling of surfing and like being on the wave is just like it's so hard to relate to snowboarding it's like it's it's so rare that you're up and actually surfing you know you could go for a three-hour surf session but maybe only get like 12 seconds of wave time and it's just i think think it's the humblingness that just it sucks so bad and like starting over and the grind and like seeing the progress like i love that the process of it so much and dude, I don't know, something, something in me has switched over to surfing. It really got bad when COVID hit and all the resorts got shut down and all the travel stopped and all that. So I was like, well, at least I can still go to Mexico. I'm just going to go down there in March. And I committed like 20, 2020 it was to like basically surfing the whole time. And then last winter, 2021 is when all the big winter swells roll in. And I'm like, well, my life is snowboarding and my whole business and my whole, like everything about it is snowboarding. But I'm like, I'm on this tier where I'm like, well, I want to do something else. But I'm like, I do that I might need to get a different job I might need to literally work and like so I was like hovering on this weird line of of wanting to surf so badly for the first winter ever and I, I like did it we went down to Mexico we did like a full month traveling through Baja and like I did, I did all my travels and then 
feathered in the Narvi tour, scored winter park, like neck deep snow. As soon as we heard there was like three feet in Tahoe, three feet in Colorado, like we made the most of it happen. But I committed last winter mostly to, to surfing and it's just fully consumed my life. I went to Indonesia this summer, spent three months on a boat and I'll never, I'll never be the same. It's like surfing. Is, have you ever surfed? Oh yeah. Yeah. No, totally. A hundred percent. And I'm floundering out there but it's it is the flounder the, it is like i'm i'm hooked like this if is, i if i go to the good. beach for three days i'm in the water the whole time and i'm on a foamy just going fucking over the handlebars every second wave and then you get it and you go down the once you go down the line you're it's over you know and, and what's sick i think you can be like 90 and still be out there in the little guy yeah little waves in hawaii yep. and a longboard yep. so what? lifelong yeah. i got a good patreon question yes. for surfing yes it's from that. darth blazed if you had to pick, would it be a surf trip to Mexico or a pow trip to Japan? If, if and obviously it's going off in either place, you know. Uh, um, are there restrictions? Because I'm trying to go to Japan. If we can get access to Japan, I'm going to Japan right now. But pumping like Puerto Mexico is like I've done Japan twice. So it's like what month? <laughs> your your choice, perfect scenario in each spot. Uh, just, just for the podcast, we're going to Japan. Japan. Yeah, we're going right. smart to answer. That's we're a smart answer. I mean, I feel like I've been to Japan maybe over ten times, and it never gets old. It doesn't yeah. get old. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's always new adventures to find in Japan. Puerto though, <sighs> Puerto Abby. Vallarta, which one? Um, Escondido. Okay. No, I don't know if you're supposed to. That's the zone? Are you, are you, you're blowing it out, dude. You probably, do we have uh-oh. to beep it out? Or? It's, blown. <laughs> it's blown. I mean, I don't people know. People might come and find you. You might not even make the paddle out there if you don't know it. <laughs> now, question. Well, true, right? Do they you, come and get you, don't they? Yeah. Do no, you're, no, you'll just get smoked. You're not making it out. You're just, you're do, you, do your subscribers, are they like, God, another surf video? Or yes. They, <laughs> <laughs> well, they more want to see the snow? Tenfold. Yeah, tenfold. got it. Yeah, yeah. Tenfold. Now, like, you're the snow guy, man. Yeah, <laughs> come on, man. You're the snow hey, guy. Man. But when they watch the surfing, they're always stoked. Mm-hmm. Like they're never not. They're like, and and usually it's it'll be the ones where I put some type of it'll be like a ten minute snowboard session, and then like we hit the we hit the ocean after I just throw in one of the sessions, and they're always just mind blown. Like, holy shit, you got so much better since the last time I seen you. Because they they don't click on any of the surfing videos, but they click on the snowboarding ones, and they see the surfing, and they're like. They're always they're always super stoked on it, but mm-hmm. I don't think snowboarding relates to surfing at all. Like no snowboarders really mm-hmm. they, they try it, but it's not like yeah. I Chris think, and I stand the opposite way, but like sur- surfers, they all love snowboarding. They all they do at least a trip every year. Mm-hmm. They seem to rip too when they get on the snow. They do for sure. You're uh, the guy that you travel with. What, what's the name of the long hair? Daily. He can talk like a surfer really well. He's yes. got that Spicoli voice dialed. Yes, he is. He is the definition of it. Yeah. <laughs> that guy is the definition of oversold. So much he was oh, pronouncing yes. Natty is naughty. Naughty, dude. Naughty, 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 naughty. naughty. Let's give him an air horn. Let's give him a big old air horn. So that's another thing to talk about, too, because you've been you've been snowboarding your whole life, right? So it, you you know how to do it. You've you've I don't want to say you've ceilinged, but you probably... You, it's it's hard to learn fucking 1440s and mm-hmm. shit. Like, let's probably not going to be doing a whole bunch of 1440s or whatever the next progression is, but you can push yourself. And But when you're at the bottom of a learning curve for something where you're like, you, you see, ex, you exponentially get better every time you go. Like, for you to get better going snowboarding, you have to do a goddamn 1440. Now, for you to get better at surfing when you're at the bottom, it's like you just catch two more waves or whatever it is, you know, and that's addictive to see the, the, reward the, the progression, right? 
you feel like you're you're getting rewarded every time you go surf. You're getting better. It's the best day of my life. It's the best. Yeah, that's that's so true. And I love that process of getting better. So I might just be addicted to it. Also, another thing too, talking about the ego is like I think a lot of times people don't do something new, is because they their ego. Like if I go snowboarding or skating, I've been doing it my whole life. I know I can show to the park and like skate pretty good. But when you when you go and you're a goon at something, <clears throat> that holds a lot of people back. I think. Sure. They you don't want to be seen as that goon. For sure. Mm-hmm. I was in Mexico by myself, so no one was looking at me. I wasn't putting <laughs> out any content. But, yeah, you do. You feel like your ego would still just be like, yo, forget this. This is just not. I'm just out here getting bodied. It's not for me. It sucks. But I don't know. I fought through it. I like it. Totally. Hammered. And especially because it's water. So, like, you can take an insane beating that's, like, not really a beating. Like, you feel like you're getting annihilated, but you're not. But you are. What are, what are the there's like some life lessons that that ocean teaches you and do you do you got and this is kind of a shitty question but I'm gonna put you on blast so you got any any uh, like deeper lessons that the ocean teaches you you got to take care of yourself hundred percent it brings out every flaw that you have if you're trying to paddle and you're trying to breathe and you're trying to balance and you're trying to do all this stuff and there's just like I mean the only way to relate it to snowboarding is like mini avalanches where like every time you go in in on the hill. There's going to be a subtle little avalanche every every couple of seconds or minutes that you're going to just, like, have to be, like, buried and dig yourself out of. It's just, like, it's so brutal. So you got to be able to hold your breath. You got to have good cardio. You got to have good endurance. You got to be, like, strong. Like, as soon as you you could paddle for maybe, you could be a beast for 20 minutes, but then 30 minutes later you can't move your arms. So you're just, like, and now I'm out here in a position where I'm weak and I'm <laughs> vulnerable and I'm taking sets on the head and I can't breathe. I'm being pinned underwater. It's, like, there's just so much that you learn about yourself and if you thought you were doing something good or you thought you weren't like it it all comes together in the water yeah when you get pinned down you're under for like one second you're like dude was i under for 30 seconds that was crazy (laughs) and it's one second (laughs) you have to find the center where throughout all the most insane chaos that you'll ever deal with in your life you have to find full peace and balance and just wait it out which is Mm kind of relatable you know everything's gonna happen you just gotta go with it yeah, that you, first time you're surfing and you're in the washing machine and you swim the wrong way, yeah, <laughs> you learn that you got to float up, up first. Yeah, yeah. you're literally <laughs> heading towards the beach. Yeah, yeah. Oh. yeah. Uh, are you wearing a wedding ring? <laughs> we actually have to answer this. My grandpa passed like a month ago, and I've literally been on the road. I flew to Florida. We had his funeral. My grand, my grandmother gave me and my brother one of his wedding rings, and I don't have a stable place. I lose everything that I've ever ah. had. I just threw the wedding ring on, and I've just been stoked on it ever since. I don't even know why. I was gonna say, dude, it's gotta, you can't be. It's tough to be married living in an RV. Yeah, no, married. Yeah. How does how does uh, <laughs> is it hard to do relationships with your like insane with your all four over bros the place you? and your work <laughs> flow, or how does that all work? Yeah, it's a, it doesn't. It's not really a working thing. Yeah. Your relationship is with the dream right now. Yeah, hundred percent. Yep, trying to do trying to do a lot of stuff. That's. It's just almost difficult to do by yourself and you got to take care of somebody if you're going to be with them. So you need to give your attention to that. And I just, I wouldn't want to not be able to do that or do it wrong. So I'm just, I'm just dreaming for now. You got to be careful wearing a wedding ring. Cause that attracts women. I was, actually. Yeah, I see, yeah. Have you noticed that? Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Cause they're like, Oh, he's that type of guy. He's yeah. down to get married. And all of a sudden they want you. That's such a weird thing. Yeah. It's a really <laughs> weird thing, but it's true. It's a true thing. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, we're single. Yeah, <laughs> with a wedding wedding Which ring. Which finger? Is it? Which one? That's the, the right left. ring. You go left hand. Yeah, left hand. Oh, so I'm just. Oh wow. You're full on rocking a. I was like, how is he married? Traveling around doing a daily vlog. I was that. How was that possible? Been a lot of comments lately. I made an announcement, but no one. They don't really watch it. That's dope. I like that. So I was also wanted to say you bought a house in Baja, mm-hmm. right? 
Yeah, that. Oh wow! I saw you go there, and the lights were turned off, and you're like, "Oh, we got to pay the bill." Like, no biggie. <laughs> it's a, a house. It's a trailer, like kind of cemented in the ground from the from the '60s or the '70s. <laughs> they cemented the trailer in. Yeah, they well, they built Sick. a little foundation around it. They put it on blocks, and it's like they built a, like a, a like an attachment over it. So there's like a roof, and like you know, it's so sick. Me and one of my buddies went in on it. Super cheap. Now, does it overlook the ocean? Yes. Yeah, that looks. It, you just wake up, look at the waves. Yeah, you can mm-hmm. go on the balcony and you can see three different breaks. It's insane, dude. Three breaks. Woo. Yeah. How often do you go down there? Every month. Nice. Yeah, for sure. At least once a month. Got to pay rent. Got to, oh, you go down to pay the rent. When you're on the, pay the bills. close to the ocean, you don't own it and you have to pay the lease still. Ah, uh, gotcha. Government That's different thing. in Mexico, huh? Mm-hmm. Can't dude. officially own the land. Incredible. Okay, we've been going all over the place today, but let's uh, just keep keep the theme going and just jump back to when you were in high school. Because talking to Dossie, he said he said that you had maybe like a drinking problem in high school and also maybe like some anger issues and stuff like that. Yeah, it's just I feel like humans in general are some type of aggression all the time. You know, we used to have to like we used to have to own our territory and stuff. So I was just I was. In high school, dealing with, like, you know, growing up, having all the issues and stuff. So going to parties and finding alcohol was just, like, super, so easy to release all that. And all of a sudden, you're confident, and you're, you're able to do whatever you want. Then you feel like shit, so then, then you start drinking the next day. You feel good early. So there was, like, a mix of that started, and then, like, the ego just fully taking over with the alcohol. And I was weightlifting a lot, just, like, just all exterior, just, like, trying to visually just look strong and, like, be tough and, like, I don't even know what like insecurities I had that I was clearly trying to mask, but the alcohol was, it, it was, it was gnarly. It, was, it wasn't like a, like a, I don't know how to say bad alcoholic isn't like sloppy. Like I was able to handle myself so gnarly. And like I was drinking before school, going into school, like hammered, leaving, going like trails through the woods, drinking, come back, hiding stuff in, in the, in the bathrooms. And it was like, it was, it was gnarly. I didn't even really know, know why. I think it was just the confidence thing. And, that mixed in with working out and trying to get jacked. Then you're just like, now you just feel like you're this just better person than anybody. And like, I didn't, I just didn't really know about the secret and the law of attraction and all that. So it was like this mix of like this confused high school person, not really knowing what was going on. My mom moving up to New Hampshire and like, I lost my dad. So I didn't have, I didn't have a father figure. And I was just, it just wasn't, it wasn't the call. And literally when I went to Mount Snow and I told you that, that we veered off and we took that, that first day at Mount Snow and I started seeing everybody spinning and doing sevens and landing and stuff. And I literally was benching 300 pounds at this time. Holy shit. PR just putting up almost three plates. Just, you just not, you're not limber. You can't, you can't grab as good. You can't like flex as good. And it's not like I was doing any mobility stuff to where like you could be strong and jacked and still mobile. I was just, just hammering meat and just weights and just trying to just put anything in the neck cause it's going to get turned into muscle and, that snowboarding literally saved and changed my entire life. And I was like, I, I stopped working out immediately, start, switched over to yoga and like just wanted to get like super flexible and limber. And I want to be able to jump higher and do backflips and all that type of stuff. And it's like that, that same time period like led into that secret thing when, when I also moved to Mount Hood and I was just like, this is this crazy thriving energy around like taking care of myself trying to trying to grow and like be a better person while, while getting better at riding and the, the alcohol was just not it and finding out about the, the secret being like this whole time i've just been being aggressive towards people for no reason that's why they're aggressive back and you can tell that in the streets when you walk by someone who's emotionless and, and you, you hit them with a nice smile and like 
they're kind of they're, they're stoked back. They're like, oh, that was nice. But if you just like look at someone up and down, they'll look at you up, and then it's like it's that quick. So it's up to you how you want to like receive energy by by how you're giving it. And yeah, I, that's that's well, very eloquently stated. Mm-hmm. Uh, going back to 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 when you put down the the bottle, what uh, what are the immediate like benefits? Reduction in inflammation in your whole entire body brain fog gone like just straight clarity when you wake up you're not like in a in a confused state i had crazy heartburn gnarly heartburn gone never again unless i swallowed too much salt water just yeah it's, it's unbelievable i th- i think i had like some some liver stuff going on because i had some blood lipid panels done and like everything was proper because i started when i started taking care of myself when i see where i was at and see where all my vitamins and everything were and it was like there was just this one thing with my liver that was like it's repairing itself but you can tell that it had prolonged damage or some type of enzyme that comes out and so like yeah i'd gotten a, another one since then and it, and it fully got back and like helped repair itself there's just so much damage the alcohol does that you don't really realize it and when you're hammering it down like i am at 16 years old like 7 30 in the morning 8 a.m it's like it's got to be so brutal yeah, that's crazy. You were drinking before school and stuff. That is wild. You said your your mom moved to New Hampshire, so were you just guys left alone to your own devices in the house? Kind of. She would come back, and she would dial us in with, like, whatever we needed. She would, like, have food and stuff. She'd come back on the weekends, make sure we weren't blowing the place up with parties and, like, try to do everything that she could. But she was, like, in the middle of selling the house and getting the house, and, like, she was working up there as a traveling RN, and, like, she was just doing how, so How old much. were you at this time? Uh. 16 so you're 16 no parents in the house at 16 not really that's crazy 17 but i had my older brother at the time was literally almost 10 years older than me Oh, okay so he was like 26 and so that he was babysitting then yeah but he was (laughs) but not really the babysitting joining in on all of it anyways and to have an older brother that was partying like i think that's even what started getting me into it earlier is my mom not there and then having an older brother who could have parties and then being around all that alcohol and buy you beer huh and (laughs) fondo fee Man, wow, incredible! Now, now that you've changed gears into more of a, you're more focused on vitality and continuing. It seems like, I mean, you look at how you wake up, you stretch, you you know, work out, eat good food, snowboard all day, edit at night. You have this, you have like a deep sense of vitality with what you do. What what would you say as far as like actionable advice that people are listening, like major kind of life hacks for overall health that you do on a day to day basis? Oh, there's so many, dude. It's crazy. And the more you learn about it, the more you realize that like that first health thing you did was like it was healthier than what you were doing, but it's actually not good. I, I would just say that like don't beat yourself down. And like a lot of people, they'll want to do something. They mess up the first day or the second day or whatever. And then they'll just go like full like aggro, the opposite where it's like, you're going to mess up and then nobody's perfect. And whatever you do to benefit yourself, that one little thing that you did, you can, you can counter that pretty easily by just by not. And if it's just one time, maybe you did it 10 times last week or five times this week. It's yeah. one just like, I love that. That the, what I call, or not I call, but it's been coined like self-trust, right? So simple things like we've talked about on the show, like, Oh, you wake up. If you say to yourself, I'm going to make my bed every morning. You make your bed the morning. You don't feel any different. You're, but you made a promise to yourself, I'm going to make my bed every day. So you did that little thing. Oh, I made my bed today. I said I was going to do it. I did it. I self-trust, right? So those little things, I'm going to wake up, like I'm going to drink a full glass of water first thing when I wake up. That's huge. Like I do that every morning and I don't miss it. And it's not crazy, but you can do it. You get some hydration in there. You try to get 32 ounces of water down before I put anything else in. That, that'll go a long way. We're all massively dehydrated. All those little things. And then it builds on to look at you. You're like, 
I'm going to make a vlog every day for a year. That's, it takes a while to build up to that self-trust because otherwise you say, people are like, all right, it's a new year. I'm going to get a gym membership. I'm going to go crazy. I'm going to work out three times a week. They do that for a week and it drops off. It's not sustainable. Mm -hmm. But when you can find those smaller things and build on that self-confidence, self-trust, and you actually believe when you say you're going to do something, you do it. That's huge. Because you're doing it for yourself. Yeah. You know, and that's why that the, the whole uh, tomorrow or the next day thing is like, it's, it'll never work. You got to, if you want to do something, you got to do it right then. Cause that's, that's what's, it's like when they say you can't help somebody, like they have to help themselves. They have to want the help. Yeah. That's the most crucial thing. Mm-hmm. That's killer. Uh, and then, yeah. What about, yeah, you mentioned yoga and then diet. And yeah, and that seems like, what about meditation? It's all, it's all tied in. Yeah. You know I mean, you got, you got to, the mind is a, it's a muscle. You got to dial that thing in, whether it's training of handling how to have a car accident, like you're saying, and, and, and handle it properly and not freak out, or whether it's eating the right healthy fats, getting omega threes and fish oils and stuff so that your brain can repair in the middle of the night or whatever you got to do. It's like, you got to, you got to meditate to keep your sanity and your conscious and everything and all those thoughts out of the way. And then you got to creatively visualize to keep those thoughts in and actually know what you want to think about. And then all that flows together better when your body is running the way it should. So that comes from nutrition. And if you're eating things that are good for you and then you're feeling better and then you're taking care of yourself and like so many doors open of things that you could do that you never even imagined. Yeah. Love it. Well, that's been, that's some great uh, advice for the listeners. I think we should get into hot takes. Now hot takes is presented by Oakley goggles. I run the Oakley line miners. Their lenses are the dopest. It can be basically like a flat light out and you feel like it's a bluebird. They're uh Great goggles. They support the show. You should support them. With that being said, uh, this is a staple of the show. We do normally start this off with MJ, Michael Jordan of snowboarding, goat, what you will. Who's your Who's your uh, MJ, both male and female, in snowboarding? Who you got? Whew. I mean, definitely Torstein. And, I mean, probably Anna Gasser. Solid answer. Question number two, who's the most underrated? I don't know, man. Zeb might still be the most underrated. Yeah, man. Zeb's, he's a problem. <laughs> he's a problem. He's a certified problem. Um, I like that answer. Um, if you could go heliboarding with three people in the world, who would it be? I mean, I'd have to bring one of the homies. I'd probably bring Daily Wear for the Stoke. The Overstoker. The um, Overstoker. <laughs> you know? Um, probably, probably Scotty, because he brought me out. And uh, Dossie to get the shot. There you go. Solid. That's a yeah. solid, solid a good squad. crew right there. Okay, and then. Maybe those Patreon guys will uh, yeah. get that trip going Let's for go. you. Get you in a heli. All right, we like to ask, uh, if you like to hit the beaver slap, if you got snow in the lift line, you smack in the tail, you get in the snow off in the line, you like to hit a, a mean beaver slap in the lift line, or you keep it? In the line? Yeah. No. Oh, you don't I like it? Okay. <laughs> a lot of times people like to That's establish a firm alpha, no right there. alpha male dominance in the line, just hit a big old beaver slap, let everybody know I, they're there. I do it by accident sometimes and regret it like so you the lifty it? is right there the lifties like, don't like that if everybody does that like that's not, that's not yeah it's not gonna work out the i'm standing brown. right here yeah so w- would you say you have an anti-beaver slap stance in the lift in like in that yeah. area yeah there's just too much going on i like it so especially that's a skill you gotta have a, like a you gotta have aim mm-hmm. when you get off the lift and you go over to cruise in smack yeah you know? pro tip when you go over the crew well, once you get off off the lift, oh, and you go to lift. strap in. Yeah, smack that. Yeah, give it a little smack. There's those guys that like to slap slap it on the lift when someone's standing under. Mm-hmm. I had my backpack open at Mammoth shoot. Oh, yeah. That's when we were there for that Solomon mm-hmm. shoot. Some dude just filled my backpack with snow. It was a no skier bueno. though. 
That's no bueno. Last no question bueno. of hot takes. Worst trend. What do you got? There's no bad trends. God damn. I'm going to give an air horn to that answer. answer. Kind of a Louis Vito answer a little bit. Too. <laughs> Just dodging the kind trends. Kind of a dodge, but it's also... <laughs> I, think it's, own. I think it's an authentic dodge. Yeah, to each it's an authentic own. dodge. I like it. You know? uh, it's a positive dodge. Well, it's probably going to come back in a couple of years. Yeah. There's so many trends that were lame, and then 10 years later, that They're is back. it. You know? True, true. <laughs> Everything oh. comes full circle. So perception. If you Every- spend time saying bad trends, you're kind of a hater, I guess, right? God, you don't want to be a hater. Yeah. You don't want to be a hater, but we need haters. We, we do. do. We haters. need it all. Yeah, we need it. Okay, and then uh, next we got setups. So we like to run through what, what gear you rock. You got your board, bindings, outerwear, the whole, <coughs> whole shebang. <coughs> um, Lego snowboards. I have had the same pair of Arbor hemlocks since I were for Arbor like four or five years ago. Um. Those bindings are five years deep. I have, I've replaced parts. They sent like some. I like hit up their warranty company for like a spare part, and they sent like a spare binding. And I've been also some other. Some of my followers have had hemlocks, and they sent me theirs. They so send you some goods, some ratchets. All, none or? of the straps work. Everything they come off all the time. Um, boots. I don't even know if I have boots. I have like different inners from different shells, and then I, I was just I just got to throw out thirty two lash is the best the best boot in the game. So I have, I think I have that inner lining, but then I put it in some Adidas tacticals or something because the shell was was outer it, or it was just too tough. Um, candy grind for outerwear apparel and six eight six as well. Um, we got same with the gloves. Candy grind actually, we have a, a custom glove that we did together and some jackets and stuff. Burn helmets. I don't know what kind of goggles I have. I have a couple. Whichever ones aren't wet or cold or frozen, throw those on random lenses i have a lot of like true wild like um supplements and stuff like that like a lot of those supporters y- uh, lava rubber the sickest yoga mat in the game um like, like sunscreen armor bar sunscreen like this. Keep, keep it going keep the plugs going what else you got so many bulletproof um i almost just gotta run through the letters i think that, that's I think that's a lot of them Okay, solid list of sponsors. Now, uh, before we wrap this thing up and put a friggin' bow on it, let's. Uh, you got any thank yous you want to throw out? There's so many that I just I just need to thank everybody that's had any part in helping me with with any of this since since day one, or any or anybody that will help in the future. It's just like it's it's a community. It's it's a little piece of everybody's hard work that goes into it, and I'm just I'm just overall grateful for every for everyone and everything. Love it. I got one more quick question. How long do you see yourself living this uh, Narvi lifestyle and traveling around and not anchoring down? That's that's all I see. That's it. That's all I see. Maybe a different Narvi or something, but that's yeah, I'm on the road for sure because I'm just trying to like find those the spots are always changing, the conditions are always changing, and I'm trying to live on like the best conditions. So if you're moving around, it's it's difficult, but it's it's definitely my dream. That's inspiring. Love uh, thanks for inspiring so many people with what you do with positivity and everything else and keeping them hyped. Thank you so much for coming on our show. Uh, thank you to everybody that listens, supports our sponsors, buys merch, all that stuff. We really appreciate you guys and we will see you next week over and out from the bomb hole. All right, the Casey Willax episode. We hope you guys enjoyed. What do we got for him, buds? Well, whatever platform you are listening on, make sure you hit subscribe. That way you're notified as new episodes drop. Also, if you're down, hit us with that review. 
maybe five stars. Um, but most of all, just thanks for listening. Agreed. Couldn't agree more, buds. Also, another thing, if you like the episode, don't be afraid to text it to a friend, post it on your social media, post it on Instagram. We don't do any advertising for the show, so you guys are the reason why people know about it. So I want to say thank you to those that already do. It helps us out a ton. Uh, other other stuff we got going on real quick. We got Bomb Hole Cup, April 2nd and 3rd at Brighton. Don't miss out on that. The registration is open on our website, bombhole.com. We got merch. We also have a link to our Patreon there. And that being said, hope you guys have a great rest of your week. Again, we got another episode coming at you next Wednesday. We think you guys are going to enjoy. Peace.